What's up, Banter fam? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Miles, and it is a Sunday. You know what that means. We are degenning today. So degens only if you are not a degen. Please leave right now because we are going to be talking about a lot of small caps going through some of the narratives that I think are undervalued in this market. And I also have a few uh, things that I want to share with you that I'm buying today. So a few altcoins that have actually hit my buy zones. I want to talk through them. I also want to go through some of the upcoming trends, which I think could perform quite strongly over the next couple months. And of course, we're going to go through the market, do some general um, market updates on like what's happening with the macro, Bitcoin. I mean, there's just a lot to cover. So if you're new to this series, this Sunday series, basically what I do is every single Sunday afternoon, if you're in Europe or morning, if you're in America, uh, I just hang out with you guys for a few hours. I review your projects live. We research altcoins live. We hopefully try and find 10x gems live on the show. And of course, I also pre-prepare some altcoin research to share with you guys. So it's basically the hub of alpha. And I think it's the show that you probably don't want to miss of all my shows throughout the week. So I really, really, really enjoy the Sunday shows. And um, yeah, it's been awesome since we kicked off that series. Welcome everyone into the chat. I see we got Salem, we got Richard, we have Paul, we have Alex. Uh, we have Sidhu, we have Long Mountain. I saw Chaos is in here. He's in here every single week. Crazy, you're in here all the time as well. Welcome, welcome, guys. Um, welcome to the stream. It's going to be a great stream. And also to my Twitter audience, I just did a tweet. So hopefully some of you guys have come across from Twitter. Welcome to the stream. If you haven't watched me on Crypto Banter before, basically this is the place where I live stream every single day. And I do streams on the narratives that I like, talk about the altcoins um, that you know I think are performing. And I go through my plans. I also go through, uh, you know, big events, give you my thoughts on events. So we went through, of course, the Shanghai upgrade in yesterday's show. If you haven't watched that, check that out. So we go through a lot of stuff um, on the show. So if you're, if you're just seeing me for the first time and you're from my Twitter, welcome. Make sure you do subscribe and click that notification bell um, because, yeah, I upload on here every single day alongside some of the other, other lovely hosts at Crypto Banter who also have a lot of alpha as well. So I think where we got to start off with is actually on the one hourly chart on Bitcoin. So the first thing I want to do, of course, before we get into all the fun stuff, before we get into the alt, before we get into all the degenery, trust me, there will be a lot of degenery later in the show, um, a lot of small caps um, and, and all that kind of fun stuff. But before we get into all that, I think we need to just establish where we sit in the market, establish how we currently look with Bitcoin, what actually happened last week and heading into the weekend, where Bitcoin essentially became a stablecoin. This is honestly some of the most odd price action I have witnessed in the last few months. I mean, we've had some pretty crazy ebbs and flows from this market, but we haven't really seen anything like this, which was basically a one hourly candle, which resulted in a 7% sell. So 7% to the downside, touching on major trends, and then essentially consolidation, uh, for the next two to three days, but it's not just consolidation. It is literally like uh, Bitcoin turned into a stablecoin for for three days. It's almost like the market. Um, it's almost like one big seller decided to place one massive sell order, and then the market just couldn't work out whether to be bullish or bearish. So it just decided to go sideways for a few days, and a lot of altcoins as well um, have basically just been stagnating. So it's been a super super weird week of price action. If you are a short term trader here. Um, I would be, be pretty inclined to just, you know, sit back and not make too many rash decisions. I do have a few trades I do want to share with you in today's show that I think are looking good and potential setups that are looking good if we get some volume. But the key thing that we do want to see now is some volume coming in because not only have we seen Bitcoin coil up and turn into a stable coin, but we've also seen 
volume coil up and start to diminish alongside Bitcoin as well. So obviously we want to see a little more volume volume coming in um, to the market before we make any crazy uh, trades with crazy size or anything. So that's basically what happened over the weekend. Um, basically nothing much to report there. What happened before then though? Well, Bitcoin did drop for a multitude of reasons. I covered some of the reasons on uh, my thread. Obviously we've got some pressures from the potential Mt. Gox uh, unlock. We finally got news out of the block, actually, who reported that the Malcox creditors could start to see repayments uh, from March 10th. So that's in five days time. And obviously that will be continuing on until September 30th this year. So that was the first thing uh, that kind of came out and maybe spooked markets a little bit. We also had the Shanghai upgrade, of course, get delayed till April, but that's obviously, you know, a major, major event for Ethereum that's going to allow redemptions of Ethereum off the beacon chain. So if you were a validator staking Ethereum on the beacon chain, you'll now be able to withdraw your ETH. Clearly that is a bullish catalyst for LSDs, liquid staking derivatives. Um, and with the delay, I only think that gives those projects more time to run. It's actually probably a good thing from that perspective. But from an ETH supply perspective, it's clear that there is going to be some additional sell pressure coming onto the market over the next couple of months as some of those uh, Ethereum are starting to be withdrawn. And of course, some people are going to uh, put some back onto the market. That's just inevitable. However, like the actual price impact, in my opinion, won't be too crazy um, based on some of the financial models I went through. And you can watch them on yesterday's uh, video, which was a full ETH Shanghai financial breakdown if you want to understand more about the you know potential exact price impact. But the TLDR of that video, um, if you haven't watched it, is I think the impact will be minimal, although it's something to keep my eye on. Um, I'm certainly not max longing ETH on leverage at the moment or going too crazy, but I'm still holding my ETH spot positions, of course. That's something I you know want to accumulate with a very long-term time horizon. And I'm still holding some LSD positions. Um, I'm actually going to add to some of those positions in today's show, and I'll show you which ones I'm actually adding in today's show and why and at what level um i am you know stocking up uh, i want to say good morning um for to the south africans as well i've seen some south africans in here europeans I, I know my stream time isn't usually great great for europe but hopefully these sunday streams uh can make up for some lost time because this this is smack bang in the middle of a nice sunday uh afternoon for for all the europeans out there so we can finally hang out it's very late for me but um that's all right it's uh it's nice to just hop on and be able to hang out with everyone. Um, it's basically the only time of the week where we can all make it under the same time zone. So, so those were some of the reasons why Bitcoin, uh, dropped. I think Silvergate, of course, was, was another major one with the announcement that, you know, Silvergate Bank was not only facing DOJ scrutiny, but, uh, also posted a $1 billion quarter for 2022 loss. So when you're posting billion dollar losses and you have ties to major crypto uh, platforms and major crypto exchanges, of course, it's going to put some pressure on the crypto market in general. And they are very tied in with USDC as well. Uh, they, they have a lot of USDC holdings. They're one of the major payment processes. So that is going to that provide like a slight headwind for crypto. That's probably also what led to the drop as well as just some general macroeconomic uh, pressures ahead of the CPI data, which we're getting on March 14th. That's going to be a massive date because that's going to dictate uh, the potential pace of rate hikes. So whether we get a 50 BPS or a 25 BPS in the FOMC, I think it is on March 22nd. So a big macro month to come, but I feel like every month is a big macro month, right? I mean, right now, because the market is so, um, I guess, on a knife's edge, because it's just extremely hard to predict, um, given the current inflationary environment with, you know, treasury yields going up, bonds going up, uh, risk assets under a lot of pressure, interest rates rising to combat 
um, inflation, which has been slightly stagnant. It is like a pretty uh, turbulent time for the, the, the general macroeconomic environment. And therefore, you're going to see risk assets just have little periods of, um, you know, where they get a bit scared and sell off. And we're just going to see volatility. And that's just part of the game at the moment. We just have to, I guess, embrace it, although it's going to be annoying at times. Um, it is also going to create opportunity at times for trades, both to the short and long side. And hopefully by the end of this year, uh, things are looking, you know, a, a lot better. And I am hopeful that can be the case. But I do think there are still turbulent times to come. So, these five headwinds are probably the reason why the market sold off. Uh, let's actually look where we currently sit, though, to see how Bitcoin is looking from a TA perspective. I've been pretty clear on my TA for the last few weeks in terms of how I'm trading Bitcoin, and I'll repeat my general, very basic thesis for you guys uh, that maybe don't watch my regular streams, and that is the 200 MA on the four hourly and the daily is basically dictating uh, my my tendency to flip long or flip short from a short-term trading perspective. So you guys know my long-term plans. You know, I, I accumulate quality altcoins long-term. Um, I'm not in crazy spot positions now, but I obviously accumulate Bitcoin and ETH and I, and I look for undervalued alts uh, and I get into a lot of the alt rotation games. That's basically how I trade. Uh, that is obviously with a smaller percentage of my portfolio. But something else I do is obviously do a tiny bit of day trading, leverage trading, um, sub 10% of my portfolio, no crazy size, uh, but basically just to keep dollars ticking over so I can uh, make some profits when I see opportunities come up that I can filter back into long-term positions and shorter-term narrative trades and that kind of stuff. So in terms of my short-term trading, or at least you know TA on Bitcoin underneath um, you know, a four hourly to, you know, one daily chart purview. I'm seeing right now, since we are underneath the 200 MA, uh, this is a general bearish sign. So I don't really love to long Bitcoin and altcoins crazily. I might go in with little longs if, if a particular altcoin has a nice setup, but I don't crazily, uh, have like a super bullish thesis unless we have confluence of being above the 200 MA on the four hourly and the daily. Now on the daily, we are well above. And obviously that is generally bullish. Um, you know, we had that massive break above and then we tested, uh, the, the, the new mid range and that is a bullish pattern. But then we go into the four hourly chart. So as we get into the smaller time frames in terms of trading on these time frames, it's a little bit, uh, turbulent at the moment considering that we are now below the, uh, 200 MA on the four hourly. Now there's another very key level that I'm also looking at. And I'm very wary of, and this is this big yellow line. So you can see this diagonal yellow line here that is representing uh, the general upwards trend we've been in. We've had multiple touches now, one, two, three, four, and almost five touches yesterday. And this is essentially the current trend that we're in. If we break this yellow line, I do expect downside to the 21.5 level. And of course, you've got that 20K level, which is quite a critical level of support as well. So this uh, yellow line here is very important for Bitcoin to maintain this trend. So if you do want to kind of long Bitcoin, I guess you could at the bottom of this zone. But right now, due to the low amount of volume, it's not like a high probability trade for me. For me to like go in with with a more sizable long, and I'm happy to start laddering into maybe some small longs, but for me to go in with like a really sizable position, I need to see some more volume. And what I would actually like... um to be honest, is a flip of some of these key horizontal ranges in confluence with a flip of the 200 MA. That would be, for me, although maybe I'm not getting like the, the best entry uh, possible, that would be a slightly higher risk-to-reward entry, knowing that we have cleared our previous lows. So basically, 
we we need to flip this zone here, and I'll, I'll outline it pretty clearly. Um, we need to flip this zone here to start making uh, a bullish continuation pattern. So if we don't make a pattern like this, uh, and we fail to break through this region and get rejected, that's pretty bearish to me. So the bearish scenario would be, you know, we push up to this zone, we get rejected off the 200MA as well as that key horizontal level, and then we come down and test this key diagonal. And that, to me, would indicate uh, that that is a, you know, a bearish retest. So the bearish retest scenario is still at play unless we do flip this key zone at the 22.9 level and flip that into support. So that's why I said, if you want to take a small long, you can play this, uh, you know, roughly two to 3% move to the upside for that retest. It's not a high probability trade for me. I'm waiting to see how we react in this yellow box for any more significant bigger trades. And of course, this doesn't apply to my long-term holdings. It's, that's completely different. But in terms of short-term trading, I hope that helps you guys understand my general plan and my general thoughts when it comes uh, to this market. Because even though altcoins, a lot of them are writing of their own narratives, and even though they have their own independent catalysts, at the end of the day, Bitcoin still needs to be healthy for them to perform, or at least perform optimally despite how strong some of them may be. So for me... Bitcoin just needs to hold this yellow line. It needs to hold above um, this 22 level. And ideally, for an ideal bullish scenario where alts can really fly and we get those, you know, 5, 10Xs, we're going to need to hold back above that 23K level in this yellow box that I'm outlining here. I hope that makes sense to you guys uh, as well. But I think this will happen next week in the lead up to CPI. I think we're going to get that reaction. So I don't think we'll have to wait too long. I know Bitcoin's behaving like a stable coin now, but just remember it's a Sunday. On Monday, which is tomorrow, we likely see some more volume kicking into the market. And we also likely see a more decisive move on Asian Open, which is in roughly 12 hours from now. So Asian Open is typically uh, the driver behind massive price dumps and pumps. Like this huge red candle was actually Asia. So Asia's just been a really strong uh, leader of market direction at the moment. So the Asian Opens are, if you can, stay up for them or if, if you're in a time zone that allows you to be up for the Asian Open, definitely consider watching around that 8 a.m. China time to 10 a.m. China time, those two hours. So in Australia, that's um, roughly 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Just be alert around that time because that's often when we get big moves. And maybe if you go to sleep like around that three hour period, at least have some like stops set or maybe some buy orders set. So you're like prepared uh, to go in with a plan. Because, yeah, Asia's just been a huge driver of market momentum at the moment, which is actually, I mean, for me, kind of good. Because as an Australian, I often felt the FOMO of not being in America, not getting US Open, and then being stuck on the sidelines constantly um, for, like, massive trade opportunities. So the pendulum has swung into the Asians' favor if you are a trader, uh, because that's often where we're getting a lot of volume. Like, we can see the volume really, really ticked up around that uh, drop which was, yeah, corresponding with the Asian Open as well. The next chart I want to look at is Ethereum, of course, leader of the alts, and one a lot of people have their eyes on ahead of the Shanghai upgrade, of course, which is totally reasonable, considering that there could be some sell pressure on ETH. Uh, I explained that, of course, in yesterday's video. But Ethereum is kind of similar to Bitcoin, where you have this key diagonal. I'm going to make it yellow for you to see it a little easier. That is currently sitting above. And then we also are hovering on the four alley, but still below this MA. So Ethereum, the long scenario is actually more clear than Bitcoin. It's basically you get a flip of this key horizontal at 1600 um, in confluence with 
li- a likely breakout of this diagonal trend. Um, it's kind of forming like a, an elongated flag pattern as well as the 200 MA. And these three indicators, um, are going to provide, you know, quite a strong level of resistance. But if you flip them, then that is extremely, um, bullish for Ethereum. And that is my long signal confirmation of the break of those. Uh, of those indicators. However, of course, this can also work in the opposite way. It doesn't have to be bullish. Um, it means that Ethereum actually has quite a lot of resistance in this zone. And I'll highlight the key resistance zone for you now that we are coming up and approaching. So this zone, uh, potentially just like Bitcoin having its key zone could also act as a short zone for Ethereum. Um, so obviously if it flips and breaks, that's extremely bullish. Alts are going to fly. But if we come up and test this zone and get rejected again, then that could result in a breakdown of this trend. Um, so like a break like this and then a break to the downside, which would probably see the 1520 level come into play. And that's the next key level. Uh, if we break at 1520, then honestly, the 218 all-time high, which is at 1400, that starts to now come into our thinking a little bit. And to be honest, that would be very, very, very bad for the market. So what you do want to see is a successful breakout to the upside um, out of this flag, as well as the, the break of the 200 MA on Ethereum as well. That would be a condition for me to enter alts with a little bit more size. But of course, once again, if you think gravity is going to take Ethereum up to that range, then there could be a, like a little long opportunity here from, from 15.7 to 16.00. Once, once again, full disclosure, I'm not like the biggest fan of those trades because they're not decisive trades. They're kind of like little, um, kind of like little, I guess, scalping trades and, don't they're not really like great risk reward but if you just are desperate for a trade that would probably be your next trade on a like much smaller time frame but of course like that's going to depend on if you're a trader i know a lot of you aren't and for the ones that aren't traders we're going to get into all the altcoin fun stuff of course in this video i've got alts that i'm accumulating irrespective of price action as well so i'm not just trading i'm i'm, I'm actively dcing into uh some quality alts so of course we're going to get into all of that stuff later i just think starting with ta just to give you guys a bit of market um direction and perspective of where we sit is quite important just to kind of start framing things before we get into all the dgeny uh altcoin kind of stuff of course if you do want to trade if you are um the trader uh if you are a trader like i just mentioned you can trade on okx we have a current promotion right now, which is a $10,000 mystery box if you sign up and deposit $50. So there's a link in the description and also pinned in the comments to OKX. If you click that link, sign up using that link um, in two steps, you can sign up for an account and get uh, yeah, a mystery box worth up to $10,000. Probably not going to be $10,000, like full disclosure. Probably going to be something like zero, five, ten, twenty dollars $10, $20. They usually don't uh, give out max prizes all the time, but um, there is a chance technically that you could win uh, 10,000 for, you know, if you're an extremely, extremely lucky one out there, that could be on the cards. So yeah, link in the description to OKX if you do want to trade. Now let's get on with some of uh, the rest of the kind of macro updates before we get into the LSD narrative, because that's the next major trend that I do want to give you guys an update on. Before we get into that, I just want to say thank you for everyone that uh, is following my Twitter. I just hit 300k followers. I think I'm on 301 now. Yeah. And I know a lot of you guys probably came over from Twitter to watch this stream because I tweeted. Uh, so thank you so much for following me and supporting my content. I mean, I never really thought when I first started making videos in my bedroom um, that I would be, I mean, sitting not in front of, not only in front of an audience of 600K on Banter, but also 300K on, on my own Twitter. Like that's pretty unfathomable. I basically just started my account to share Alpha with you guys, share altcoins, 
Um, just basically just be an idiot degen. And then it just kind of grew and grew and grew as I continued posting threads. So I just want to say thank you to everyone that followed me and supported me on Twitter. Um, the alpha's not going to stop. In fact, I'm more motivated than ever now, really, to put out great content. And I think my mindset with Twitter is shifting a little bit. I've kind of realized I'd, I don't need to be the only one uh, sharing alpha on my own Twitter. I could use my platform to share just the general best information on crypto Twitter and the general best information from the smartest minds in the space on my platform. So that's why I started the interview series where I do threads breaking down like people's thoughts, like, you know, Hasib from Dragonfly, Avachal from Electric, Jose from Delphi, Gareth Soloway, like these kind of guys share their, sharing their alpha on my Twitter. So I started doing that. Um, been doing a lot more retweets of, you know, great content that I see out there just to help give others a platform as well. Uh, of course, I still do my own threads and, and I'm still posting alpha, but I really just want it to be like the hub of, of market information, alpha insight, all that stuff. And that's the goal with my account. So if you're not following me, of course, there's a link in the description. You can also just search up my name, but I'm assuming most of you are considering. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just assuming most of you probably are because I post there like a, like a madman. So thanks you to everyone for following my Twitter. Uh, Ted said I'm pretty smart. Thank you for the comment. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess like smart's a spectrum. I think I know my shit about crypto, probably just because like that's all I really do. Uh, just kind of sit in my room, degen. Like it's a Sunday night now. We're hanging out with the community. We're degening and... And yeah, I, I, that's just what I love. I find it really fun. And yeah, maybe in some other areas of life, I'm not so smart, but I guess in the altcoin space, um, that's kind of where I, where I start to thrive. So yeah, thank you. Thank you guys. Someone said funny accent. I'm Australian, bro. I'm, but my accent's like not too Aussie. Like y- you get these really fucking, you know, bloody Aussie accents, but, um, I, I don't really sound like that at all. I'm much more, um, much more like mellow, probably because I'm from the city. I'm a, I'm a city slick and not, not, not a country lad. So yeah. All right. Let's. Keep getting into uh, some of the market news. There's a lot to talk about today. Someone said easy on the eyes. Oh, thank you. I do need a haircut, but um, I'm glad I'm not looking too horrible, at least in your opinion. Someone said it's 8.45 in the Dominican. Just had breakfast. Good morning. Good morning to everyone in America. Good morning to everyone. If you're also in the um, Dominican, good morning to, well, I guess good afternoon to Europe and good night. Actually, in 15 minutes, it'll technically be good morning to all the Aussies out there. It's getting pretty late as well. Someone said still hitting the gym. Yeah, well, I am. Uh, can you tell? I'm still hitting the gym. But um, yeah, I actually did a, did a bench press session today. It went up pretty well, bro. I, I had a good session today. I, I think I did four sets of bench, 80 for, 80 for 11 times four. Um, my, my bench PR is like 107, but I'm just getting back into it because I had a shoulder injury. But yeah, starting to move really nice. I think next week I can probably push... I honestly feel like I could push 90 for 10 again, like pretty soon for like maybe four sets. And then I'll try and push the hundred kilogram mark again sometime in the near future. So bench is really moving nicely. Deadlift, not great because my lower back's a little bit sore, but everything else is, is going pretty well. So thanks for that. As, um, thanks for asking about my gym stuff. Share me your gym plan. All right. Let's share the crypto alpha first. And then we can talk about gym stuff a little bit later in the show. Of course. Um, I mean, this is a research stream. We're going to. Get off topic. We're going to DJ and we're going to do all sorts of stuff. But, um, yeah, well, I might share my gym plan later in the show after we, 100 kilograms. Nah, bro. I'm, I'm, what, what am I? I'm 80, 87 kilos, but I'm 6'2. So, like, that's reasonable. Maybe one day I'll be 100, but I hope not. Maybe like mid 90s. I think like 95, I'd be like pretty comfortable there as long as I'm relatively lean. So, this is a really interesting graphic. It's been on the screen for the last couple of minutes. And 
I mean, it's something we don't already know. So we have halving charts, and we obviously go through historical Bitcoin charts quite a lot on, on the shows. But this is a really, really interesting way to visually represent how Bitcoin is impacted by the halving and how Bitcoin generally trades in a positive fashion price-wise over time. So essentially what this graph is, is it shows the Bitcoin price represented as a spiral. So it starts in the middle back when Bitcoin first started in 2009, and then it shows its progression over time after every halving. And it lines up the halving on this um, y-axis here, facing north, and it shows as the green dots the three previous halving cycles, and it shows that we're currently 25% of the latest cycle away from the halvening, which is obviously like each cycle's four years. The halvening is now like a, a year away. So like essentially we are 75% to the next halving and it shows us creeping towards that halving. But we also see the significant price increase that happens leading into the halving, but then also post halving. So generally, I mean, every single halving we've had, we've seen extreme price expansion. So we saw price expansion, of course, in that first cycle in 2013, then the second green dot here in 2017, we also saw the same thing as we started to clock um, clock the like $10,000 mark. And then obviously we saw a continuation of that heading into the next halving, which resulted in the, the all-time high of 69000 which we can see over here. And then we did have a dip. Uh, so we had an all-time high, then we had a dip. And then we, I mean, they're saying we've put in a bottom. Jury's still out on that, but if you're following previous cycles, then we've just put in a bottom. So the halving is lined up by the green dots. The bottoms are lined up by the red dots. And I just think it's an interesting perspective to look at because it shows that this is not that different from other cycles. So I am not like those crazy Bitcoin maxi cycle freaks that are like, that think we have to stick to the cycle and like things have to play out like they used to in perpetuity forever. And like, it's the four year cycle until the end of time. Like, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think if there was bad, bad, bad macro data that came out, the cycle's theory goes to shit. Or if there was amazing macro data that came out, uh, we could hit all-time highs before the halving. Like, I don't necessarily think we stick to it, but I think there is a little bit of psychology at play when it comes to these cycles that tends to alter how investors approach the market. And inevitably, it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So even though like the halving in and of itself may not mean as much these days because everyone like expects something to happen around the halving. It ends up kind of playing out because everyone expects something to happen around the halving. So look, take it with a grain of salt. I just think it's interesting to contextualize where we sit and come to the conclusion that we are still like on track basically with every other cycle uh, to in the next 25% or the next year, uh, significantly increase in price and then kick off what will be over the next year uh, quite strong price performance. BitBoy said the cycle theory might be broken. We don't know. There's no, in fact, there's really nothing to tell us that it is. Um, there's not much evidence to suggest that it is because the percentage drawdown versus previous cycles is pretty comparable around 80%, 70, 70%, but other cycles mean between 75 and 80%. Uh, the duration around 424 days of bear market is relative. It's slightly longer than 2017, but relatively in line with 2017 and 2013. So, and also like the bottom also lines up with the two month period where other bottoms have lined up. If you take FTX as a market bottom. So 
I don't think the cycle theory is broken, but I'm not averse to the possibility of that being the case soon. Because I'm not one of these crazy cycle believers that's going to like worship this cycle even when it starts breaking. Be like, nah, the cycle will happen, the cycle will happen. I, I'm not like that. I, I think macro is by far the more uh, important prerequisite here to bullish price action. But I just, anyway, thought it was a very interesting graph to show you nonetheless. Uh, because like basically the, what I mean by macro, without the, just giving you non- nonsense word salad, is all these other cycles happen during periods of monetary expansion. So quantitative easing, aka, you know, the Fed is printing money. All these other cycles happen during money printing periods. This current cycle or this current period is actually in the midst of quantitative tightening. So they're contracting the money supply. In fact, if I can show you the M2 money supply, this will make it a lot clearer. Um, and it'll show you how the Fed is actually tapering. Colgate said, I like your honesty, giving people wholesome advice. Yeah, bro, this is what this stream is all about. I mean, I'm always honest, but these streams are literally just like, you can get into my brain a little bit. You can ask questions. We can hang out. We can discuss alts. We can degen. I could be blunt if I want to be blunt um, and just chill on a Sunday. That's like... Yeah, really what it's about. So I, I, I really enjoy it. Um, and it, it may be advice, but it's not financial advice. Disclaimer. Someone said USD in trouble. Yeah, there are some, yeah, there, there are some worrying, um, there are some worrying things about that, Kelvin. But I think the first thing we need to look at is the money supply. You never miss a Sunday live streams. Awesome. Yeah, I think, uh, I think they're really cool. I, I need to have my coffee as well. So I can stay awake because it's like 12 a.m. And hopefully I can, um, hopefully I can stay up late. By the way, you know, in, in before I get into like this, um, monetary, uh, explanation about the U.S. debt scenario and M2, um, I want to like, in the spirit of being honest, my camera needs to focus. Come on, focus camera. Focus, 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 focus. Why are you focusing? Freaking hell. All right, that is really annoying me, but anyway. Oh, there we go. Okay, great. Um, That was like super annoying. So in the spirit of honesty, I want to explain my night last night. So I was uh at the poker tables. I was, um, and this is just like an anecdote to show you that you can make it all back. Like this is just an anecdote to show you. That. You know, you can make it all back if you have the right mindset. I was at the poker tables, got absolutely like, just like, I don't know. I got big stack bullied. Uh, at the casino, I just, I don't know. I'm not the best poker player, but I, but I kind of, I think I'm okay. So I like tried my luck a little bit, uh, lost a couple thousand. So didn't like have a great night. Um, then went to the Baccarat tables. I, Baccarat is like a fun, I don't know if you guys play it. It's kind of like what I, it's like the Chinese blackjack, I, I guess, like not the most eloquent explanation, but essentially it's like, you know, it's just a card game that you bet on, uh, put like 500 on a hand, one, uh, then put a thousand on a hand, one. And then made like my two grand back and then I broke even. Um, so the, the, the lesson from that really truthful story is that you can always make it all back. You know, just, you, you just got to gamble, just, just got to back yourself. Uh, and no matter, no, no matter what, what trials and tribulations you're facing, you can, you can make it all back. Uh, if you're a complete DJ, but I'm, um, I, I obviously don't 
uh, condone gambling. I just, I don't know. To be honest, we're all gamblers. We're in crypto. Uh, let's let's just be honest with each other for a second. We're all inherently gamblers uh, in, in this space. At least, like, I'm a huge gambler. And that's, uh, I guess, the beauty of crypto. It gives us a place where we can gamble with the house edge. Because with the casino, you don't have the house edge. They have a 1% to 5% edge on... Unless you're playing poker, then I guess the edge is your skill. But like on the card games and stuff that they have an edge at least in crypto we can create an edge and i essentially get i guess like that's how you become profitable over time you are first to information you're first to act on information you if you have your ear to the ground you you get intel that is far superior and and is lagging to other market participants and then if you act on that correctly with the correct like risk parameters then you are like creating your own edge through through different methods um and i have some research methods some of which I'll share today uh, later in the show when we go through alts. Uh, some of those research methods are how I create my personal edge. So I don't know. That kind of like a bit of a casino ramble. But uh, you want to go to the casino with me? Um, sure. Next time I'm at the casino, I'll let you know. But I'm, I'm in Melbourne, so I go to Crown. But uh, yeah, if I'm like internationally. Um, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty fun to, to follow at the casino because I just like... I'm just reckless. For me, it's like if I'm there, I'm either walking out with a shit ton of cash or I'm walking out with nothing. It's like all or nothing for me at the casino. I don't want to win 500 bucks. I don't want to win a thousand bucks. I like I, either I win like five figures or like, um, I lose it all. Uh, yesterday was the, a rare exception where I was just happy to make my money back. And I wasn't gonna, like, I'd spent like four hours to go like all down and then make it all back. So I was like, I'm tired. I'm not going to stay here to try and make more. So I left it. But typically I would, uh, typically I would like strive to walk out there. Like, significantly richer exactly all in or all out you got to go all in got to go all in uh and that's i guess maybe not from a financial sense because i'm not all in crypto in fact crypto is like sub 40 percent of my like overall net worth probably even less than that i'm being conservative because i'm not even factoring in cash uh so it doesn't apply to the financial situation but in terms of my mental situation so my mental investment in hobbies Crypto is like all in for me. Like it's, it, it consumes my brain, consumes the majority of my time. And I think to be successful, you need to, you need to not only invest money, of course, but you need to invest like significant amounts of time. Uh, and I guess that's, yeah, time capital is a genuine factor. Like there's a value in everyone's time. So let's go through this M2 thing that I was supposed to talk about before I got distracted. Um, and you'll notice the, in this shows I get distracted a lot because. They're not planned. They're not scripted. It's just me rambling and, and uh, researching, which is the fun and the charm of the show, I guess. But it's not like my normal shows where I, where I have like a strict script or like agenda that I'm trying to follow. So the M2 uh, money supply shows like the total amount of money basically uh, in, in the US. Now, there's something shocking that happened in 2020, and that was the pandemic. And the money supply essentially like doubled, uh, basically doubled in the space of like a year, which is freaking crazy. Uh, so you can see like the expansion period throughout history. Uh, well, you know, not all of history because there has been periods of QT, but essentially like currency is debased uh, throughout uh, an extended period of time. And we saw that debasement significantly uh, tick up in its growth or severity in 2020, which was the pandemic. They need to print money to get out of the hole. And now we're starting to see us taper. So the reason I'm showing you this is because like alluding back to the hiking, uh, so the harvesting cycle theory that we talked about before, things are very different now because in twenty, 
uh, in 2009 when Bitcoin was invented or like first launched, because uh, I think the, the white paper was or the idea was around 27, 20, 2008. Uh, back when you know Bitcoin first launched, basically till until like the third cycle, it was it was like full on QE. Like there was sustained QE throughout 2011 until 2019, and then like extremely rampant QE during 2020, 2021. And it's not only until now that we're seeing tapering. Bitcoin's never experienced this. Bitcoin has not survived as an asset during a quantitative tightening environment. And I think this is the number one argument to dispel uh, theories like this, although they look great and I would love to believe it to be the case. Just trust me, I'd love it because that would mean like we're rich next year um, or like even sooner, we're like rich in six months if we look at this. Uh, the... The, the the thing that makes me dispel that slightly or at least have a feeling that the cycle theory could be disproven is the fact that we now are in a different environment and Bitcoin has to deal with a different set of circumstances that it's never had to deal with before. Now, long term, I believe that Bitcoin separates itself from being a risk asset. I, I think this could take 10 years plus, but I think eventually it's going to act as a form of hard money, especially for impoverished nations that need a genuine currency solution that are struggling with like hyperinflation, Bitcoin is like a great tool, a great, great store of value tool. Um, and especially long-term, considering that the, the trend with money printing is clear, it's going to keep happening. Bitcoin long-term is a great hedge against that. It's not an inflation hedge yet. It hasn't proven itself to be a uh, a successful inflation hedge because Bitcoin only really thrives in low interest rate environments. It doesn't th- thrive in high interest rate environments. So when you get high inflation, high interest, Bitcoin doesn't protect you like gold or, or maybe commodities would. Bitcoin only really works in high inflation, low interest environments, which is like, or like even like low inflation, low interest environments. It needs low interest. It basically trades like a, a tech stock, right? Because when the world is starved for yield, so when you have low interest rates, you can't earn as much on, on bonds, right? You can't earn as much in alternative uh, uh, investments. So like when you're starved for yield, you got to look for opportunities to make money. And obviously with tech stocks being priced higher, things like Bitcoin, other risk assets get priced higher because low interest rates are positive for those companies. They can grow quicker. They can borrow money cheaper. They can expand quicker. In, in, they just in general um, are favored in that kind of environment. So Bitcoin will thrive uh in a low interest rate environment but in a higher interest rate environment like we're seeing at the moment as they're trying to like combat uh in inflation bitcoin starts to just struggle a little bit more so we're not there yet uh bitcoin is not an inflation hedge it is a store of value we're not quite there yet where i think the full use case has really kicked in but i think we're eventually going to get to that point so essentially that is my um Essentially, that is my thesis on Bitcoin long term. I'm extremely bullish. I'm much more bullish on ETH because I think there's genuine network effect being exhibited there that is superior to Bitcoin and it's just far more scalable. It's more of like an upside play. I think ETH, yes, higher chance of failing, but more higher upside. And also, I think eventually we're going to see like a cringy terminology incoming, but some sort of supply shock at some point for, for Ethereum, considering the uh, significant impact the merge has had on Ethereum's issuance. And like, I just think a huge bull run would trigger insane deflation for Ethereum. I mean, we've already seen it over the last few weeks. Deflation kicking into the sub 45,000 ETH region. What happens in a bull run? Like if this happens just because of the blur airdrop and because of the um, slight uptick we've seen in prices, 
I mean, in a fully-fledged bull market, what happens to ETH? I mean, there is going to be some sort of supply crunch at some point. Uh, so ETH is like a fantastic asset, probably slightly better than Bitcoin uh, for that reason, in terms from an investment perspective. But I really think long-term, Bitcoin has a very unique purpose that it can fulfill in the global economy, which is why I'm hesitant to hold... Uh, like a substantially larger amount of Ethereum than Bitcoin. Like, yeah, my ETH holdings are bigger than Bitcoin, but I wouldn't go anything more than like 60, 40, maybe 70, 30, but I wouldn't go too much higher than that because I still see very clearly the purpose of Bitcoin, uh, which is why like I still hold you know, a, a decent amount of Bitcoin. Uh, but that's not as high as it probably will be later in the year when I really ramp up accumulation. And yeah, we'll, we'll start getting to some alts now because... I think we need to start degening. This is uh this is a degen show and a research show, and yeah, we got to start getting into some alts. So, the first discussion I want to have is around LSDs. We've talked about Ethereum. We've talked about the Shanghai upgrade. Yesterday's show did a much uh, more like comprehensive overview of what that upgrade you know may entail. But considering the upgrade is now on the horizon for early April, I think some of these LSDs are going to be very valid plays, especially if we get this uh, kind of resumption of a bullish trend from Bitcoin or ETH. Now, I'm not saying we will because we can reject and go lower, and that would suck, and even LSDs will struggle there. But if we do get a resumption to the upside, or even if we like, we make, I don't know, like a new range um, above the MA, uh, 200 MA, I uh, like will be a lot more comfortable in alts. And overall, if I think about the strongest narratives in that scenario, then I think it's going to be LSDs. And even like without super crazy, like bullish Bitcoin ETH price action, even if we kind of just hover here and do some stablecoin bullcrap, I still think like LSDs have enough relative strength to like outperform. So I'm actually buying at the moment, uh, small amounts of LSD uh, protocols. Now, obviously not financial advice. That's just what I'm doing. You got to do your own thing, but let me just show you what I'm seeing on my charts. and Then you can make your own decisions. Lido is the major driver behind this narrative. Uh, I want to just quickly explain why, what my thesis behind LSDs is. My thesis is when Bitcoin withdrawals go live, when Shanghai goes live and you can withdraw from the, from the ETH beacon chain, people that locked their Ethereum two years ago and were forced or basically only had the option of locking in a validator, now due to the boom of LSDs, have the option of now staking in liquid staking protocols and getting the ca- all the capital efe- efficiency benefits that come with LSDs. So you've got the capital efficiency benefit of being able to stake it and earn yield on it in other DeFi protocols. You've got the benefit of being able to put it up as collateral and earning uh, or borrowing against it to earn more. So that's capital efficient if you want to like hedge against a position or um, you know there's another opportunity and you need capital uh, to access that opportunity and then you can like leverage against your ETH. So all that stuff, all that fun stuff that you get through liquid staking, a lot of these guys missed out on it that staked their ETH in validators. And they're now going to be, a lot of them are going to be withdrawing their ETH from the validators. And if they want to restake, are they going to do it in a validator again? So they're going to keep it in there? Or are some people going to pull out and decide, no, I'd rather be in Lido because I can earn extra yield and I can I have shit that I can now do with this staked ETH. I think a lot of them are going to move to Lido. So I think we're going to see a huge uptick in liquid staking uh, ratios. And as a result, I think for the month of March, liquid staking derivatives are still the strongest narrative to be in. And I think even post Shanghai, 
I want to be in some. Now, there could be a sell-off. There could be a buy the rumor, sell the news situation. I think with the delay, there's probably like maybe a little, like a few weeks extra now um, of kind of runway here. But I still want to be in some sort of position come Shanghai. So what position would what positions would I be in? Well, I think Lido. Uh, and this isn't crazy like exposure, by the way. It's like 1% portfolio exposure per protocol. It's not crazy. But just, you know, giving you an idea of risk. You got to define your own risk, but that's kind of how I'm structuring things. And that's in my uh, altcoin portfolio, not my like long-term, long-term portfolio. So yeah, you've got Lido, you've got Frax, and you've got Rocket Pool. I like all of them. I think honestly, spreading across all of them, uh, Anchor included, and what, what, there's another one, uh, I don't know much about it, but Alt BTC likes FIS. This is like an interesting trend as well. Um, those are probably the three or four that I look at. And I probably just spread it across all of them because you can probably wait a little bit higher towards your favorites. Like I like Frax personally. I just have like a bias towards Frax. I think it's in the best buy zone uh, versus Lido, which probably has like a tiny bit of work to do uh, for me to like be very interested. Like it ideally would need to flip um, this 2.8 region into support. And that would be like a bullish retest of the 200 uh, MA. Someone asked about my Wi-Fi. It's really raining tonight, Steve. It's like thunderstorms outside and crazy storm. So if I if my Wi-Fi just starts cutting out a bit, I'm sorry. It's it's not um not a super normal night on the internet front just due to uh due due to the weather. Nothing I can really do about it uh for now. It's pretty crazy. If you're in Melbourne as well, you're probably I don't know depending on where you are. Um yeah, fair bit of crazy crazy weather outside, which is weird because it's like technically a week after summer, but like basically like th- it was 30 degrees today, super hot. So. That is Melbourne weather for you. Hot one day, rainy that same night. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. It's like four seasons in one day, basically. So yeah, I would wait for like a, a bullish retest, um, flip of that 200 MA, and then I, I I start to see like a much more obvious bullish scenario for Lido. So I like this scenario uh, on Lido. As I mean, just look at this trend, guys. Like we see an upwards parallel channel, a uh, very clear range being defined. Like we can see. It's been moving in this range. It tested the bottom of the range. If it comes up to test the top of the range, that's like a th- the you know a push up to the three four region, which is a twenty percent move. And then obviously you can start breaking uh, these two key levels here, which is the parallel channel as well as the horizontal, which was the previous high. So I mean it, it is a great it's a great chart. The Lido chart looks better than almost any altcoin chart in the market, uh, which is why someone said double top. I, it would start looking like a double top if we broke down below here um, and started going into this range. That would be 100%. Like, I'd be like, yeah, shit, uh, this isn't good. But that's not what's happened. So far, we're still in the channel. So I'm not super worried about like a double top for now. I just think it's like super, super strong narrative. But Frax, if, if you're going to buy anything today and obviously not financial advice, um, but personally, I'm um, I'm... Uh, looking at this chart and I think it's extremely interesting because you've essentially got Frax now touching the support of the 9.5 region and from a pure TA perspective I mean this buying the bottom of this range basically for the last 12 times has been a great thing to do you you never would have regretted buying 9.5 to 9.6 like the, the last 10 times so of course it can break like it can it can I'm not telling you it can't just because it's happened 11 times before, but like if you're going to play the odds here, you this, these aren't bad odds to play in terms of, of buying this zone. Now, if you're buying with leverage, set your stop below the previous wick at like 9.3 to 
Um, but I wouldn't go... I'm not buying leverage here. This is me accumulating LSDs for, for my spot altcoin rotation bags. That is what I'm doing. I may stack a little bit of leverage if Bitcoin looks nice. So if Bitcoin um, exhibits this trend that we want to see, this bullish trend, then I will stack a little bit of leverage. Uh, Frax, leverage lighter, leverage rocker pool. I don't know if I can open leverage rocker pool, but definitely leverage Frax. Just because... That scratches my degen itch of being able to make more money, basically. But like in terms of like my more sizable positions, dollar wise, it's mostly spot. Uh, and this is a decent spot zone for me to buy fracks. And spot means you don't get freaking wrecked. So if you do get wicked, uh, and if we do do this, you're not like so worried because yeah, you get another chance to sell. Um, as we kind of have that bearish retest, get out for the break even and not have to worry about getting liquidated and being forced to lose money. So that's the beauty of spot trading. And honestly, recently, I've started to fall in love with spot trading again because it's just like so much. I can actually sleep at night. Um, I don't know. It's just like a nice feeling trading spot positions. I guess the only downside of spot is uh, risk. You have to outlay more to make the same amount. So major misconception about leverage trading is people think it's just... People think you leverage trade for the sake of gambling. People think you leverage trade for the sake of just being greedy and trying to make like 10x what you normally make. That's false. You leverage trade so you can outlay less capital. So you have capital to outlay elsewhere. It's literally an efficiency play. It has nothing to do with taking on more risk. But that's how investors treat it. So that's why it ends up becoming a big gamble. But it shouldn't be. Like in theory, like let's say, okay, let's say you want to put $10,000 into Frax, right? In theory, opening a position on 10x leverage would mean you can put in 10x less the amount, have that 9k spare, and still get the entry you want to get uh, with the same size you want to get it with. That's why you use leverage. It's like basically risk management. Do you microdose your LSD? Uh, nah, I macrodose. I macrodose, bro. <laughs> I macrodose. Um... Nepal says bullish on link. Let's have a look at link. So anyway, this is my frax chart. Um, if you do want to trade frax, spot, leverage, whatever, floats your boat. Um, there is a promotion right now to sign up for Bybit and get a $30,000 sign-up bonus or BitGet to get an $8,000 sign-up bonus. So if you want to trade any of the old coins I talked about today, uh, you can sign up for either a Bybit or a BitGet account using the link in the description and get yourself a nice sign up bonus whilst you do it so links in the description if you want to trade also obviously supports me um supports me making content as well uh which is you know much appreciated so yeah if you want to trade you can use those links uh you've also got the okx link as well for the the mystery box promo and yeah just i don't know it really depends what exchange you like to use but we've just got we've got options in the description all with nice bonuses for you so that's your that's obviously your choice how much leverage you use all that stuff not forcing anyone to trade leverage not forcing anyone to trade something that they don't want to trade i'm just giving you my setups and giving you my links that's 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 the gist of it um always implement risk management yes shrooms macro doses guaranteed funky times i does magic mushrooms oh my goodness i think everyone's uh, high in the comments uh nepal i want to go back to nepal he said bullish on link uh, and then, I'm, then I want to get to my Twitter because I know there's some Twitter guys in here that are probably... Uh, let's actually look. Mm. 
there are some Twitter guys that are probably dropping their altcoin suggestions. Yeah, lots of alts. Oh, 76 comments, all with alts. So at the end, we're going to go through some of these. A lot of shilling as well, uh, but you know, some probably genuine good stuff, and we'll just go through and like I'll give my opinion on some of it. How many Twitter guys are here, though? Let's have a look. 268 of you. I don't know if you're all still here, but hi, all 268 uh, Twitter folk. I'm seeing a few people. When you see like one token be shilled like 50 times in my Twitter, I often like think it's either bots or I get Twitter rated on Discord. That's kind of what I think. All right, Link Nepal. I wonder if I have a better link chart. I don't know which link chart is my actual chart. Uh, I think it's this one. Uh, let's see. Link. Link looks pretty similar to a lot of other alts. You've got that. Yeah, it looks very, very similar. Um, you don't have this. So you've got like, I mean, to be like ultra bullish Link from a trading perspective, you want to see a flip of this region. And Nepal, let me know if you agree with me, but this is the region I'm seeing as super important because uh, that is, and we can even like draw it here. That is your 730 level, which is your key horizontal uh, that stems back from uh, like a while ago where, where it's, yeah, that's, that's the low of September. Uh, pre-ETH merge pump. So you got that level, that key level to break, and we that was like a level of resistance and support as well at times recently. And that is also like co- coinciding with this 200 MA on the four hourly. So this is like the level that you you want to break if you're linked to go like super bullish. Uh, but of course, you've also got this support, right? That uh, This diagonal support that I am looking at um, as like a key level to hold. And then obviously, you know, if we break, then I'll be shorting it. Basically, like, so I'm not a huge fan of shorting in crypto, but if, like, obviously we start to break, then I'll, um, you know, I'll look at a short. Because this can happen. It can happen. It can break down. It doesn't have to keep going up. It doesn't have to. Uh, it can, but, you know, we've got two scenarios here. That's my long scenario. I'll probably more interested in longing on the flip here. Once again, maybe a small long up to that region if you want, more risky, um, and then, you know, flip short on the break. I don't know to Paul's a bit of a uh a bit of a bear. So maybe you're looking at that downward scenario. Someone wants to know what I think of hex. I don't like hex. So I see I didn't call it a straight up Ponzi. I called it I mean it just kind of is a Ponzi. Like I don't know. I don't like the word Ponzi scheme in crypto because Ponzi often implies like some like deliberate intent to like scam and deceive and like i don't know it's a very strong word but it does have ponzi slash pyramid s tokenomics that's like my opinion on it it's like basically you lock up uh, it's a pyramid scheme basically um but with like you know artificial like fee mechanisms to like help plump up early holders like yields but like eventually and also the way it's marketed is like almost a pure scam like actually look at hex and this is just the way it's marketed. And I know I'm going to get shit for this because I don't know. The Hex community is passionate and everyone's just tribal in crypto. But like, you know, if you're a genuine, like amazing project, why do you need all of these like 
it, it looks like a salesman's website. It looks like a web, like a, like an e-commerce store, like Ty Lopez-esque. Like it's like, looks like it's trying to sell you a course. Hex in 113 seconds. And then like all these like Q and A's, like Hex has extremely low inflation. Hex is more secure than Bitcoin. Hex has a hundred percent uptime. Hex is unstoppable. Like almost making claims that like are almost misleading, to be honest. Um, so when a website like has all of these like weird life-changing wealth creation comes with extreme price volatility and then you go into its website and it says like three plus years of flawless operation mint your own rewards with no middlemen mining hex doesn't require any electricity so far the hex price went up nine four eight one percent it's like what other sorry x sorry what other altcoin in the market needs to promote itself with how much it's xed if I go into Ethereum.com, do you think it says, so far, Ethereum is up 10,528%. Holders have made this much money. It's like, no, just like the, the whole premise of Hex it revolves around making money. And when the whole premise of a project revolves around making money and not providing utility first, I'm just not that interested. Mechanism design is so important in crypto. It has to be product first, so usability first, fits a general market need first, actually does something that people, like provides a service that people or a product people want to use first. And then the secondary side effect of that should be revenue generation. And yes, you could use some of that revenue to pay back to holders. And that's a good thing. That's like what staking is. That's great. I love staking. Staking is cool. Love DeFi. But like this is definitely tick part A. It kind of just skips straight to part B. And if someone could explain what the utility is, I'd love to know, but I actually have researched this and I'm sorry to tell you it doesn't have much. And that's, once again, not me just shitting on Hex saying, like, I hated shit. Like, you can invest in it if you want. Seriously. If you want to put money in, I'm not going to hate you. In fact, crypto is speculation. It may 10x, it may 100x, it may freaking pump because it's crypto. And I would never short this thing because you can't short most cryptos long term um, with a lot of confidence. But... In terms of like me validating the fundamentals, they're not, they don't tick boxes that I like to tick before I invest. It's a personal decision. So thanks to the people that said I said it well, I'm sure this is going to end up on Twitter and I'm going to get shit for it because that's just what happens whenever I talk about Hex. Um, I don't know. Hex is just, Hex is, Hex will be Hex. Hex will be Hex. Uh, okay, so what I want to do now is start dropping some alpha bombs on you. I've already like shared a lot of shit, but uh, like, a, so we've gone through LSDs, we've gone through my market view, you've got, we've gone through some trades, we've gone through M2. Uh, next is solidly forks. I want to talk about this as a potential uh, bullish narrative. Then I have a guest that I want to bring back on the show that joined the last show, uh, and I told him. Join in. I'll tell him to join in 20 mins. Uh, actually, no, I'll tell him to join in 15 mins. Okay. He's going to be joining in 15 minutes to share some alpha with us. So that'll be cool. Um, thanks, Josh, for saying you're enjoying the stream. I just saw that message. And I'm getting some other messages from the research group. We do have some alpha coming in live as well. I want to get this up on my screen. Uh, we have a live research group that feeds me research live to to give you guys alpha live over these next couple hours. So that's super cool. Let me get this up on screen. 
and we're going to go through this, of course, in a moment because that is awesome. And I also have, uh, to be honest, I got a lot of alpha. You see all these Coin Gecko tabs, a lot of, uh, and we got this alpha list. I want to break through. I want to break it down. Sorry. Yeah. So solidly for first, I want to talk about the forks, then special guest, then alpha. We got some stuff in the Phantom ecosystem. Uh, and also some stuff in the BSC ecosystem I want to touch on. So lots to share. Let's get straight into it. So, and then I'll answer questions because I know I did a tweet that said, uh, give me your, let's just get this up. Researching altcoins live on stream. I will get into all of those at the end as well. That's how we'll end. We'll end with basically me taking your suggestions from the comments, um, research from the like well i guess suggestions from the thread and then we'll go through that at the end so that that's our rundown let me know if you like the rundown i think there's a lot to come uh someone said annoying when people keep saying alpha there's not really a great synonym this is one of the many problems of the limited crypto vocabulary there's not a great like like for like synonym to alpha basically what we're what people and myself are trying to convey when we say alpha is just like information that can give you an advantage over others. That's basically all it is. It's information that can be construed as superior to other information. And that's subjective. So what's alpha to me might not be alpha to you. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I guess it is getting overused. I guess it is getting over, but like, we don't really have another term. So if you, someone thinks of another term, then yeah. Someone said misleading title. Absolutely freaking false. Absolutely false. Not at all, because I'm literally going to tell you a sector that could 10x right now. Uh, and in a few, uh, also LSDs, there's shit in that ecosystem that can 10x, but okay, let's just take that out of the picture. Some of the altcoins I'll be talking about later also can 10x. Now, it's not misleading when that's literally what we're talking about. We're degening. We're talking about degen small caps that can 10x. I have a small cap later that's like a few million dollar market cap. I don't even hold a position in it, full disclosure. And I'll, I'll get to that later. Um, I mean, that can 10x. It's only a few million market cap. It's not misleading at all. It's a degen show. It's what it is. It's just so far we've had to talk about the market because a lot's happened in the market over the last week. I can't just jump straight in and say, oh, this is why I like this 2 million coin. It's like, no, that's crazy. We have to like be smart here. We have to go macro and then go micro. You have to start big and then go small. You can't start small. Anything can 10x. I agree. I agree. Anything can theoretically 10x and it's a cop-out saying it can 10x because like, freaking i don't know uh yeah anything can 10x any random coin can but what i'm saying is like the i i believe that some of these coins have a higher chance of 10xing than others like if you're going to like run uh percentages like probabilities that that's what i'm talking about sectors that could perform well title isn't missed yeah exactly if we were trying to make a title that conveyed everything i'm saying in this show it would be like 1 million characters long. Like, what would the title be? Bitcoin update, Ethereum update, LSD update, altcoin alpha, next 10x gems, phantom update, perpdex update. Like, you, your head would explode. It would be so long. Um, your head would explode. Also, like, I think people need to understand, side note, just before we get into the, the solely forks, I think people need to understand that this is a, like a YouTube game. Like, let's be honest with each other here. Like, you have to play into the algo. Like, I'm sorry. You have, like, the thumbnails and the titles, they're deliberately slightly more exaggerated than maybe the content's ever going to be because that's just the reality of YouTube. Like, you have to do it. If I did a video that said, like, research um, 
altcoin research with Miles, it wouldn't get views. It just wouldn't. And that sucks. And I understand you you guys might love more uh, credible titles or tiles. But to be honest, the YouTube game isn't like Twitter. You gotta play the freaking game. Uh, and all I can hope is that my content has enough alpha in it to back up the titles and the thumbnails. And I believe that's the case, so I'm fine. Uh, but I think if you're just clickbaiting and then you've got shit content, then yeah, like stuff you. Like if, if you're going to say, yeah, if you've got shit content, like most of the crypto YouTubers out there, then I agree. But um, I believe that Banda has fantastic content. I believe my show has fantastic content. So, I, I mean, I could put anything I damn want in the title. Got to back it up with the alpha. Why are we wasting time in the comments? I agree. Let's get into Solidly. So, Andre said it himself. Solidly was the greatest piece of tech he ever made. Um, unfortunately, the greatest piece of tech he ever made resulted in also the greatest hype dump we've ever seen. Like, uh, it's unfortunate what happened to the price um, of, of, of Solidly itself after Andre took a break. It, that's the unfortunate part. And that was obviously well intended with the macroeconomic shift, which resulted in like basically every crypto dropping. But the underlying technology of Solidly was so good that we are now seeing a resurgence. And it's not just a little resurgence of like a couple forks coming out and, you know, trying to copy on Jay and make you short-term cash. No, we're actually seeing in practice proof that the efficiency benefits that Andre's AMM gives you makes it a genuine competitor to other DEXs and a genuinely superior model in terms of how you structure tokenomics of like a governance token on an AMM. So I am really into the solidly forks right now. I'm investing in them. They're small caps. It's degen. Like some of them can 10x. Some of them can freaking rug. It's degen. I know. But this, that's the whole point of the show. This is a degen show. I'm sorry. If you don't like it, leave. It's a degen show. If you want me to talk about Bitcoin and Ethereum and Binance... Those days are over now. We're degening now. That, that's what's happening. Um, if, if we're here for it, we're here for it. But that's what's happening. So, Solidly has like proven itself to like not just be a fad, but be a thing that uh, I think the market is now understanding is, is great. And Andre obviously had conviction in this from the beginning because he said, like, it's the greatest protocol he ever created. And I believe this to be the case. I've been playing around with the, some of the Solidly forks. It's remarkable. Some of the yields on these forks is remarkable. Some of the price performance of these forks is remarkable. And the only way you're going to understand what I'm talking about is if you use them. Swap on them, provide LPs, get involved with DeFi. How I learned about DeFi, how I got good at DeFi was just by doing it. I think everyone's so focused on like theoreticals when in reality getting your hands dirty and experimenting with this stuff is like how you learn. That is literally how you're going to learn. Trial by fire. And I know a lot of you already have kind of gone through that fire last year and you in DeFi and stuff. But I wouldn't just like quit now because maybe you had some bad LPs that, you know, you lost some money on because uh, of impermanent loss when the price is dumped. I would stick at it and actually start testing new stuff because there's massive improvements in this sector. So one of the ways I would action getting dirty to give you guys some actionable info is Velodrome. Um, shout out to Drake on Digital. He gave me the idea behind this logic, and it was really smart. And it's 
Velodrome's like on optimism, by the way. Op- optimism's super um, like hot right now after Coinbase announced they're like utilizing op- Optimism's SDK. And yeah, Optimism in general is just really, really, really um, like popping off. And not only price wise, but transaction wise, address wise. Velodrome being one of the biggest dexes on Optimism is obviously has a lot of hype, but it gives us an interesting look into some of the altcoins you can invest in to piggyback off that hype. Because Optimism's run a lot. I think some of the biggest gains now are going to come from the eco. Mars is the DeFi maestro back in business. Absolutely. I'm getting way... We're taking it way back. I'm getting way back into DeFi. It's good. It's fun. I'm loving it again. And it's because I think while the market was scared, what happened last year was a lot of projects were building, but they were too scared to launch in a shitty market. What we're now seeing is those projects that may have just been building last year are actually now starting to launch. So the boring year last year has now resulted in like this huge DeFi boom. We've had all these crazy, amazing DEXs launch. We've had like crazy DeFi, like AMMs and and all sorts of like um, different protocols launching and like NFT marketplace and all this stuff in the past few months. And it's been a resurgence. It's like a little DeFi boom. And I think you can't sit on the sidelines and ignore what's going on here. And I've got a guest in a second that's going to join us and show us some of the best yields that you can look for. But it's like a little boom. So now's the time to get interested in this stuff again. Uh, Nepal said, any update on Arbitrum Airdrop? Arbitrum Airdrop, they're not updating us. I talked about this on my spaces last week. It's a bit of a bit of an unknown. Uh, I do. I, 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 it's got to be soon. It's got to be within the next couple of months. If they don't do it, it'll just be like a huge negative for the eco. But frick, I'm so thirsty. I could drink like five more bottles and my bottles run out. When the guest comes on, I'm going to get more water because I'm, I could, I don't know. I'm so ridiculously thirsty. Um, I love water, by the way. Best drink on the planet. In fact, smash the likes in this video if you think water is the best drink on the planet. Um, yeah, it's all you need. Don't eat alcohol. Don't eat Coke. Just drink water. It's that simple. But nice filtered refrigerated water, not just tap water. I've got a got a got a nice, lovely filter, cold, clean, tasty water. Nothing better. Um, all right. <laughs> Let's, okay. So the alpha is look, look through Velodrome, look at the pools that are paying super high APRs, um, and do some digging into some of these small caps. So Velodrome is giving us like a bit of a peek into the optimism ecosystem. But because it's heating up, and we can see this because the general growth has been insane, plus 96% TVL in the last month, because it's heating up, I think there are decent investment opportunities within the alts that are in the LPs. So if you click on APR, search by like the strongest APRs, you're going to see some of these altcoins. So you've got Ring, you've got Lyra, you've got SLM, you've got... Some of these weird ones, like you obviously like wrapped Ethan stuff's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like the optimism specific stuff. Velo. Um let's keep going through here. We're trying to look for the for the ecosystem projects, right? With with the biggest APR pools that people are going to deposit into. And obviously in conjunction with that, you want to look at the amount in the pool. So if it's just like one ETH, don't enter the pool. Um sorry, don't look at the pool. You want it to have like a decent amount of liquidity in it. And you can look at the TVL of each pool, little side hack, by clicking on DeFi Llama um, and, and going through the uh, individual statistics. So you can look at that and you can look at the breakdowns as well. So 
Oh, it's raining a shit ton outside as well. So go through and find some of the optimism altcoins that are paying high yields because these, in my opinion, are going to be, well, not all of them, but some of them good investments. Now, this is this is the starting point. Velodrome will give you access to potential alpha. Your job after you find some of these altcoins is to dig deeper. So, okay, you see Ring is, is in one of these pools. Dig deeper on Ring. Find out what it does. Find out what it's used for. Find, look at the tokenomics, right? You, you see, you see uh, this is a super small pool. I wouldn't look at this. You want to make sure the total pool amount's good. The next one is like Son, Sunny. Not Sunny Aggregator. I have nightmares about Sunny Aggregator. That's one of my worst ever investments. Um, well, it was, it was amazing until it dumped. But um, Sony, obviously that's got like over a million dollars uh, worth of Sony and USDC, like pairs of two mil. Look at that. Like just do some more research on it. I'm not, uh, this could be a rug for all I know, but I'm just saying like this is the starting point to start researching some of these ecosystem alts. Look at... Uh, obviously, Velo's the Velodrome token, so that's obviously something to look at. HND, Hundred Finance, like just look at the big pools with the big APRs. Look into the Optimism ecosystem more, and it's gonna find you some alpha. Dig deeper on Ring. Wasn't expected to hear this today. I like one Ring, to be honest with you. I don't own it, but I like it, and the team's good. The team's good. Caroline's filling her jug of uh, water. And I had a few people agreed with me that water is the best. A few other people, a few, someone said coffee. I, I, I like coffee. In fact, I have a nice coffee here that I'm drinking to keep me awake. Uh, and someone else said Portuguese wine is the best drink in the world. Well, I mean, I love a great red wine with my steak. I'll be honest, but um, I don't know. I'm on a huge water wave at the moment. God gave water. Amen. So... This is like my, my Velodrome Alpha. Look into the OP ecosystem. You're going to find some gems here. OP's hot. Um, that, like, this is how you source gems. Get it, use DeFi yourself. And actually, some of these pools are interesting. So if you find a gem that you like and, and you're happy to like deal with the impermanent loss, you can look for some decent yields in some of these projects. The solidly forks are home to the best yields in crypto. And in my, I'm, I'm like putting a percentage of my portfolio into, uh, solidly fork yields because I think there's still room for these to run. Now, in light of the solidly forks, there's a new one that's launching soon who are also a show sponsor. If you look in the top right, Saturn Exchange. Um, shout out to Saturn for sponsoring the show. They're launching a fantastic project. And of course, just because they're sponsoring doesn't mean I'm going to change my opinion. I'll give you my honest opinion on the project, what I like, what I don't like. This is something we're going to dig deeper into over the next few weeks of the ecosystem, but I want to introduce you to them today and like explain what it is um, and obviously give you my honest opinion. So Saturn Exchange is a solidly fork launching, um, but it's not just a fork. Like they've made like a lot of improvements on, on the base um, solidly protocol, like a lot of uh, UI improvements, efficiency improvements, tokenomics improvements that make it like a more effective flywheel. It's on Polygon. So it's basically the first big one to launch on Polygon. So we've had... Velodrome launch on OP. We've had Equalizer launch on Phantom, but we haven't really seen great ones on Polygon until now. So obviously the Matic ecosystem's huge. This I think is going to be an awesome one that I'm looking forward to. Of course, you know they may go cross chain uh, in the future as well. So they aren't currently launched yet, but I want to 
like give you a run through like what they're doing. I think this thread actually did one one of the best jobs of summing it up. Essentially, um, I'll I'll read through this thread, which will give you an idea, and then we'll look at like how to actually get involved, um, and look forward to like th- their release and what's going on. So the VE three three, aka like solidly type uh, model narrative, is hot recently, and there's a project that's launching soon that you don't want to miss. Satin Exchange. It's far more than just a solidly fork, a thread. In this thread, he's going to go over the mechanism. So. What is Satin Exchange? It's a DEX that provides efficient token swaps and deep liquidity for stablecoins and other assets. So what you've got to understand is at the core of Solidly uh, as a project, it is essentially a DEX. So all these um, like fancy tokenomics and, and flywheels and vote escrow and all this sort of stuff, that is all great, but it all aims to tie into what the underlying function of these exchanges are, and that is to provide an efficient place to swap uh, assets. And essentially, that is the crux of it all. But obviously, there's a lot of stuff you can stack on top to make it better and a better experience and and, and better for holders as well. So it's built on top of a groundwork laid out by Solidly V33 in the addition of certain unique features. So it integrates a yield-bearing stablecoin called Cash, where Cash is the base token in most pairs. So it's a stable coin, but you can earn yield on it, essentially, is, is what it does. So instead of locking a single token, Saturn, the eSatin, so vote escrow Saturn, which is their uh, governance token, is a pair of LP formed by Saturn and cash. You can buy back Saturn cash from the treasury and build POL. Cash mechanism is a 100% collateralized stable index coin, which is backed by USDT, USDC, and DAI. So it's a fully backed stable coin, uh, but it's yield bearing as well. So you can put it in pools. You can stake it in a pool and earn additional yield on it. It's the main utility token of the Saturn Exchange. Um, it's unique. So basically, like they're, they're taking the idea from Solidly, but they're integrating a stablecoin. The collaterals will be controlled under the cash investment treasury and, and are deposited into a battle-tested, uh, into battle-tested strategies on chain. You can always check the portfolio status from the official Discord. The rewards will be distributed to cash holders through a rebase mechanism. Numbers of cash held in wallet will increase over time. So essentially, the more revenue the protocol generates, the more the cash holders will make. So they'll get paid out like in cash, which is like a stablecoin uh, like uh, equivalent, basically. At first, the collateral ratio of cash is 100%, and it will increase over time. So at face value, you might think this is a bad thing, having like a 0.25% mint and a redemption fee. But I view it as a good thing, because sure, you're paying a little bit of fees, like maybe you're trading some efficiency, but you're getting uh, you're getting revenue generation for cash holders. So overall, I think it's smart to have a minting and redemption fee. This will keep uh, ensuring that it's like positive revenue generating. Five percent of cash rebases retained for the investment. Ten percent of the trading fees go to the treasury. So like ten percent of all trading fees. That's like a decent amount. Um, could be more, could be less, but you know, it's it's at least like a noticeable amount that will go back to the treasury. So. It's essentially a mechanism flywheel. Cash increase in efficiency over time. Yield increases, obviously, as the um, capital goes up for farming each cash. Increased in auto bribes. TVL increases, cash, increased cash rebases. So it's like a bit of a flywheel uh, if this can like actually like, take off and, and get some serious adoption. So this is the tokenomics of the actual Saturn token, which is the token of the exchange. And this is just like a full breakdown for you guys to understand what it is. And we'll go further into actually using the protocol uh, later. But 
I do think it is like one of the more innovative uh, solidly forks that have come out. And that's why we partnered with them um, as an official show sponsor because it's it's going to be a great dex to use and I want you guys to understand how it actually works, right? So they've got a max supply of 25 um, billion. 20% goes to the team, 40% to pre-sale and, some, and the airdrop. We're going to get into how to get an airdrop soon, by the way. 66% to the community, weekly emissions decay, 2%. So this is the split. Objectively, not bad. Like pretty common um, distribution there of, of Saturn, which is the, their governance token. So you'll have a Saturn Cash LP we can, where you can LP Saturn, the, their token, and the Cash token to earn uh, yield. Longer lock time, higher voting power. So more voting power means like more bribes, more bribes, more money. Um, obviously, that you know, there's a liquidity trade-off when you do that. So that's something you've got to take into account. Those who locked max duration will receive boosted Saturn emission. Basically, like incentivizes you to lock for longer. That's like one of the premises of like uh, V33, that you're like incentivized to lock for longer, and that's like just generally better for uh, the 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 token because there's less supply on the market. This chat, this channel, only does the top projects that can talk shit about coins like Hex. That's right, <laughs> exactly. Um... <laughs> Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll just talk, we'll just save the shit talking for like XRP, Cardano, Hex, like, you know, all the, all the culprits. Maybe we'll chuck in a bit of HBAR or, or, you know, one of them into that as well. Um, so 90% of the trading fees gets distributed back to the gauge they voted for. So if you hold, uh, VE, Saturn, you, you got, you're going to get to choose where you vote for. So like where you direct emissions towards. 25% of the cash rebase for pairs they vote in the form of auto bribes. As VE Saturn, as VE Saturn holders also are cash holders by default, they receive both Saturn emissions and, ca- and cash rebase rewards. So the implied FDV with the seed was seven. The public sale implied FDV was 10. I think it's at a 20 mil valuation now. Um, or launches at 0.0006 with that FDV of 15 mil. So let's look at the comparative valuations of, of other similar protocols. I think you have Thana on BSC, which is like similar. That's a 37 mil. So already like Saturn looks attractive as the top one on Polygon on like a case by case basis. Velodrome. Uh, what's that coming in at? 130 mil. That's a lot higher. That's the biggest one on optimism. Basically, like, it's got room to run. Like, it definitely has room to run. Obviously, like, the yield generation from staking is just... Josh, get that Loon C comment off the screen. I'm sick of... Loon C. No, 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 no. We're done with Luna. We're done. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's dead. Not interested. I might short that thing if it ever pumps, though. Um... But it's done. I'm sorry. The and I just lost my I just lost my train of thought. I was about to say something good. Damn! I got oh yeah. So basically, like the um the valuation relative to other at least like implied by the launch relative to some of these other protocols is reasonable in my opinion. So Matt says he likes the fact that they're integrating yield bearing cash stable coins. He likes the extra yield to cash LP and V satin holders. The emission of satins could be less inflationary, good for the token long term, and yet he highlights the attractive valuation. So, in terms of like getting your hands on these tokens, they just closed the uh, pre-sale, but they're going to be launching soon, of course. So, 
if you're desperate for the token, you can wait till it launches and take in, uh, take part in the pools. So like staking cash, staking satin, LPing, that's going to earn you some yield. That's something I'm going to do when it launches. Uh, and then if you want to get an airdrop, they're going to have gal- galaxy airdrops from the start of March till April 1st. So over the next few weeks, there's going to be quests. So what I would do to stay up to date to make sure like, um, if you want to get an airdrop, you're in the best position. I would be in their Discord. So there's a link in the description to the Discord. Uh, make sure you join the Discord. In fact, can I see uh, the Discord in here? Yeah, it's here. So Saturn, Discord, Invite, Stable Labs. Um, if you want to get the airdrop uh, and stay up to date with their launch and, of course, like DGen with some of the other members of the community, go join their Discord, uh, show them some love, and, yeah, just get more information there. So... That's what I would do in terms of staying up to date. Of course, like, you can follow them on Twitter and stuff as well, but Discord's going to be the place where you can like interact and find out more about, about the protocol. Basically, TLDI is I'm just a lot more interested in solidly forks. I am researching this area. I'm looking at investing in a few of them. Um, equal, I missed the run-up, but I'm you know looking at some of the plays in that eco, like M- uh, MPX and stuff, which have like pools. So, and like... You know, you've got Rave and all, all those other sort of projects, pills and that kind of stuff. Uh, on Equal, that's more Phantom. But just in general, looking at some of these forks now, because look at the TVL of these of these forks. This is a hot narrative. This is like almost, um, you know, three, four X in the last, or six X in the last couple of months, and it's not slowing down. Like with the with these huge new protocol launches, that's why I've got my eyes on things like Saturn that are launching because there could be new opportunities and. I'm always keeping my eye out for new things in this space because I think it's a narrative that can continue to perform because I think Solidly is freaking cool. Um, and some, I mean, just the way the tokenomics are designed, some of the projects are really going to benefit from um, like enhanced designs uh, from their predecessors. So I think it's interesting. Let me know in the comments right now, what do you think of Solidly? What do you think of this stuff? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Um, what do you think? Uh, Saturn Discord to get more news about airdrop. Yep. I would just join the Discord to keep involved. I mean, Discord is going to be your hub of alpha. Uh, that's where you're going to get all the information. So I would definitely get create a nice Discord folder. Um, someone said this project will claim. I mean, your opinion is your opinion. But what I would try and understand if I were you before I like make a decision on any solidly for, cause I would do a lot more research on solidly uh, and, and why it's good and why there are benefits to V three, three tokenomic designs and why it's interesting at the very least, why there's efficiency benefits uh, because as a DeFi degen, I, um, I, I love this stuff. Like I love these kind of designs. I find it so interesting, bro. I find it so interesting. So yeah, just because something's interesting doesn't mean you need to invest in it, obviously. But I'm kind of just trying to point you guys in the direction of like looking into them because they're hot and there could be more opportunities. And yeah, obviously, Satin Exchanges is a sponsor. Um, heading into their launch, I would I would keep my eyes on them. But yeah, just want to like make sure full disclosure uh, in terms of the sponsorship there. But that's not going to change my opinion on the project. If they do something great, I'll tell you. If they do something shit. I'll tell you, um, yeah, I'm not paid to shill or anything like that. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's basically like always, I'll just be honest with you. Um, there's a lot of discussions in the comments about 
and I want to get Mr. DeFi on in a sec to talk about his thoughts on stuff. There's a lot of arguing in the comments. People arguing about XRP, people arguing about um, Cardano. It's <laughs> Tell us more about Equalizer. I will. So after Mr. DeFi's uh, segment here where we look at some like DeFi stuff, I'm going to get into the Phantom ecosystem. And when we get into the Phantom ecosystem, I'll talk about Equal and some of the other projects I'm seeing. And yeah, we'll do that. So I think now's a great time to introduce the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. DeFi. What's up? Hey, what's up, Miles? Nice to be here again, mate. Lovely to have you. I mean, if you guys don't know, Mr. DeFi has been a, a regular um, a regular contributor to the show. You, you've come on a couple times already. And he is like a DeFi wizard. So he, he, um, is a DeFi expert. He's a, a yield hunter. He's a DeFi degen. Before you all make the same comment that I know you're going to make about like the mask. Is he like some dodgy, like, uh, you know, masked <laughs> villain? Um, like I, I know, I know him well. We're friends in real life. Um, he just obviously just for like safety slash privacy reasons doesn't want to show his face. It's got nothing to do with, uh, scamming or anything i just know we're gonna get comments so i thought i'd address it yeah or i think quickly, but it's I'll a common <laughs> common comment i appreciate you mentioning i see some people saying hey hello again thanks a lot for having me back into the channel miles and i really like the fact that you started or when i joined you were speaking about uh this solidly forced because i think it's a topic that we actually start speaking about it three weeks ago right um we covered i think back at that time it was thina thina in the binance smart chain which actually has been performing quite well. Um, and I don't know if you just, or, or if you've already spoken about it, but it's really interesting because they are actually deploying concentrated liquidity, right? So I think it's really cool that we're seeing projects um, which are a fork of Solidly, which are all the time, um, you know, improving and deploying new stuff. So if you go to their Twitter, they were speaking about the concentrated liquidity pools and the fact that they're going to start deploying. And I think that's really cool because we've seen that working very well in Uniswap. So I think that could be interesting for the project if they're able to deploy it successfully. Yeah, it's an interesting one. They're, they're like a BSC. They're like the biggest uh, fork on BSC, right? Yeah, that's correct. That's a big, They are the biggest fork in BSC um, of Solidity. So they are basically a fork of Velodrome and then they've been working to improve it. If you go below, I think it's pretty close there. There you go. Yeah. I, I, I've got to be honest. I met with the team. I met with the team last week, and I was very impressed. They're actually, um, uh, actually, actually, I don't know if I can say. I, I, I'm not sure what I'm like allowed or not allowed to say because I don't want to like give away anything. But their workouts are cool stuff, basically. Yeah. I just yeah, don't. Yeah. I, yeah. I just don't want to like throw anyone yeah. under the bus. Can, but I did meet with them. I was, I was impressed. Yeah, what, you what you yeah I, th I think it was it was a little bit up. You just passed it. They were talking about concentrated liquidity. Native liquidity or concentrated? Con concentrated, concentrated. Yeah, there you go. Oh, here That's we the go. one. Yeah, so Thina will soon offer and retail a friendly solution to concentrated liquidity. So you're going to be able to choose your range the same way you do it in Uniswap. And then you're going to be able to do this in a decentralized exchange like Thina, which is a solidly fork. So again... We see something that works very well, solidly. We see a fork velodrome. We see Thina improving and then bringing new new capabilities. And again, Thina is an option for those of you who work in on Binance Smart Chain. But I think, Miles, before this, you were covering uh, Satin, right? That is deploying on Polygon. So yep. I think it's just about being close to the narrative, 
and, and doing constant research of these new functionalities that will add value to users. I think Solidly isn't going away in the near future. I think this is a narrative that's here to stay um, for like at least the next few months uh, and possibly longer because these models will keep evolving. That's I guess that's the thing people uh, don't realize. They kind of assume... Like just because something launches with one design, it needs to like adhere to that forever. I think some of the like some of these protocols are like very adaptive. They're going to launch, they're going to change over time, but they're like starting off with a like a deep like tech that's very very good compared to other AMMs. So that's kind of I think it's here to stay. I don't know. What do you think about uh, the solidly forks as well? I agree. Yeah, I think they're here to 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 stay, and especially because. They're using something that is very important to me and it's adding value to their native token, right? So even though their token, it's a reward token, they are creating the whole bribing or, or they are using the whole bribing mechanism in order to provide utility to that token. So I think that's really, really important because there you're going to be removing that selling pressure to the, to the reward token. So I think that's super, super important, Miles. Um, and then they continue to innovate, like we see here in Thena, but we've seen it in Velodrome, innovation, and I think that's important. So I would agree with, with, with you, Miles. Yeah. Do you want me to uh, add your YouTube or your Twitter to the description so the audience can follow you? And they can, you, you can add the, the Twitter if you want, because there I do post in English and in Spanish. So you can use, okay. you can use that one. Obviously, just, if someone... Yeah. I just sent it to Josh to add to the description. Perfect. Um, so you guys can, in like 30 seconds... You can, you can go follow him, but it's un, it's uh, underscore Mr. DeFi. Just in case you guys are asking, who is he? <laughs> I, I saw a few people ask before. Yeah, if someone, if someone speaks Spanish, I also have the YouTube channel where I do these DeFi strategies in Spanish. So if you guys want to follow some Spanish content, you can definitely do it. And today, Miles, obviously, I'm a big fan of Solidly Project, but I wanted to speak about a project that I'm very, very interested in, and is Radiant. Have you heard about it, Miles? Radiant. I have. It's on Arbitrum, but I, I mean, you can, yeah, feel free to explain a little bit more. Perfect. So let me tell you why I want to speak about Radiant. And the first reason why I want to do it is because we've seen number of transactions in Arbitrum exploding, right? If you see, and it was really interesting, um, I can probably bring up my screen miles really quickly. And I'm going to show you some, some metrics that I think are interesting. Uh, let me share my screen over here. Okay. This one over here. It's like le omni-chain lending. No, nah, it is cool. It's on layer zero too. Uh, I've actually it's talked about really it on my cool. Twitter before. It's freaking Absolutely. cool. Yeah, it's freaking cool. Can you see my really screen? Cool. Uh, yep. Yeah. So yep. look, why I've been following so, so closely um, the Arbitrum um, narrative, right? It's all because of the, of, the, of the number of transactions. So I realized that something incredible happened over here. I know it's a little bit small in the screen, but if you see over here on February 21st, we hit 1.1 million transactions in Arbitrum. And if you go back to Ethereum and you look at the same date, February 21st, let me look for it over here. We got 1.08. So actually it was the first time that a layer layer two of Ethereum had more transactions in one day than the actual Ethereum chain. I think that's crazy, man. That, that, it's like a huge milestone, um, massive milestone for Arbitrum. It's like, they've always been impressive. No, you can't, it's undeniable. It's, it's, it's undeniable. So 
you know, if, if the metrics are, sh- the on-chain metrics are showing you that we are following a, a path, a tendency, right? I think you need to, to stay close to, to it. And therefore I said, okay, I'm going to keep doing more and more research about um, Arbitrum. What are the top projects there? And a key element for any blockchain is a money market. So I said, okay, what's going to be the next big money market in Arbitrum? And I found Radiant. So if you see in DeFi Llama, you can see how Radiant in the past months have, you know, this is an absolutely parabolic growth in TVL. Right now, there's more than $100 million invested in, in, in Radiant. And obviously, this is an interesting indicator, the TVL. But to me, it's more important whether the project is sustainable long term and if it is generating fees and revenue, right, Miles? Because we've seen a lot of projects growing in TVL, but it was not a sustainable model. And therefore, you know, they are doomed to, to failure. But in this case, if you actually go to Token Terminal, you can see something really, really cool. And this is what actually convinced me. Look at this. <laughs> it is amazing. Mm. So the green line shows you the fees that the project is generating day to day. So you can see the fees are absolutely growing in a parabolic way together wow. with the market, cap, right? Yeah, I'm just saying, so wow, is, it looks good. It's like, this it's like is a perfectly correlated. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. And you see a lot of projects where the TVL starts to go up and that's sometimes pushed by the FOMO of people. So people investing in the project, but the project then keeps generating the same, a project that is generating more fees and the market cap is growing accordingly. And what is the result of that, man? The result of that is that their PF ratio, which compares your fees versus your, your market cap, it is actually the lowest and lowest is good. Okay, so the lower, the better across all of these projects. Right now, Radiant in the past 90 days, their, their PF uh, ratio is 1.6. And this is because, because of what we were looking at before. The fact that their fees are growing at the same rate that their market cap is, is, is growing. What do you think, Miles? Yeah, I think it's crazy. What's their market cap right now? 250, right? Yeah, 259, 293. Yep. Um, so their, F, their FDVs are... Oh, that's their FDV. So their... Their market cap sixty, fully diluted to two fifty nine. Um, how much are they generating a day? Fifty thousand a day. Yeah, let me go back to it. Yeah, close to fifty k in fees. Yep. So fifty thousand times three six five twenty three. Um, twenty three times. So they're like a P ratio of ten on yep. on FDV, and they're a P ratio of two. On market cap, um, that's pretty. That's fairly reasonable. I don't think that's that's excessively valued at all, really. Like, um, no, no, no. I agree. I agree. And yeah, you can see the PF ratio. The fee ratio. Yeah, this the circulating one is three point six. Can you get the PS ratio up? It's the one next one. Yeah. This is fully diluted. Huh? This is fully diluted. You should look at. Yeah, yeah, more. yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Still 7.2x 7. 7. on circulating, which is good. Okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, apart, from the, apart from the okay. metrics, which I think are interesting, I think there's something also important to understand. And it's what is the fundamental behind the project, right? These guys are trying to create an omni-channel lending platform. They started in Arbitrum, but they are expanding now to other um, to other networks. It's not yet live, but they're going to be expanding. And again, guys, this is not uh, this is not a promotion. Uh, I, mean, I haven't been paid to talk about Radiant. I'm talking about it because I truly think uh, it has a lot of uh, a promising f- future. And imagine 
you're a DeFi user, right, Miles? And I always think about a project saying, okay, how it is making my life as a DeFi user easier. And imagine that you can say, okay, I have my Bitcoin, right? I have some uh, wrapped Bitcoin in Arbitrum. I can I can borrow I, I can deposit it here. Okay, I'm gonna be earning a decent two percent for having my Bitcoin here. But there is this amazing DeFi strategy on Polygon, right? You're gonna be able to deposit in Arbitrum and borrow in Polygon, and then invest the money that you borrow in Polygon. Then you can pay it, and then you can retrieve your Bitcoin in Arbitrum. So it's gonna be truly omni-channel. I think that's amazing. We haven't seen there. We haven't seen is that, that. Sorry. Is it is omni-chain lending live yet, or is that a future? No, it's going to be part of their future roadmap. Do you, do you know roughly when? Is there a roadmap? Or let me see if I can look maybe, up. Maybe, a... maybe we can check their Twitter just to check out. Radiant. Because uh, that's really freaking cool. Like I, that's I, um... really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to stop sharing my screen. You can share your screen if you want. I'm going to see if I can find a roadmap. Radiant. Just seeing if I can find one. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I'll look in the background. But um, yeah, I think I'm it's sure important to do some more research and check it out, right? To see when exactly it's going to be live. I don't know if they have actually announced exactly when it's going to happen. But uh, yeah, so Kieran is saying there is an Omnichail lending protocol out end of March. Throw. Tapioca DAO launching soon. Omnichain market using layer zero strategy will blow Radiant away. Well, I haven't heard about Tapioca DAO. Now it'd be interesting. What's to- it called? Yeah, there's someone calling you saying here Tapioca DAO that is going to be launching soon. They're saying Omnichannel market using layer zero strategy will blow Radiant away. Well, Radiant is pretty big already. So I guess Tapioca needs to do it very well. I haven't heard about Tapioca before. Let's check it out. Someone else here saying, hey, yeah, Tapioca is truly Tapio- Tapioca. Yeah, tapioca. <laughs> I think that's like How a food I... from Brazil or something like that. Isn't it like what you get in um like bubble tea? <laughs> Isn't that... It sounds like yeah. <laughs> I think tapioca. Tapioca gel. This is like weird. Oh yeah, they're like the pearls, right? Tapioca. Yeah, they're really... Well, I've, I had never heard about that. Yeah, before. it's like bubble tea. Like these things? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see, you always learn something new, man. <laughs> yeah, like these. I don't know. Who likes bubble tea? Smash the video if you like bubble tea. Do you like bubble tea? <laughs> it's crazy how you are talking about radiant borrowing and lending and you end up talking about tapioca and bubble tea. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Whoa, this website's crazy. What is this, man? Oh... That's amazing. Oh, we, we can go down here and, and give the viewers a trippy experience. Um, this I mean, is all. Oh, this is cool. Look at this website. It's a little bit hard to follow, but yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> like all of that just to enter the DAP. Have you yeah, ever absolutely. seen it? Um, I mean, guys, look, I'm pretty sure that there's going to be a lot of projects trying to deploy these omni-chain money markets because we know that the future is going to be cross-chain. So it just makes sense. Just be very careful, right? Because just putting your money in these small projects, even though they can promise whatever they want, it's just, it's just dangerous. So 
just be very careful, diversify your portfolio. Yeah, and, and look that tapioca's barely launched, so they don't really have it much going. But um right. is tapioca built on I mean we can do some live re- research. Tapioca Dow. I do like Radiant a lot, by the way. I think it's cool. Um by the way, yeah, I like Radiant. Guys- and I want I, I want to showcase Radiant because the guys have been out for a while. Um they have a very high TVL, they have strong fees, people are using it. I've been using it myself. Um but yeah. Do you wanna Yeah, I'm trying to find their medium docs. Here we go. The, uh, it, honestly it's too overwhelming almost. Like it's a little bit overwhelming. So there is someone saying um, Lizzie May is saying they do tons of interviews with Tapo- Tapioca Dao. They are legit. No idea. Rating it doesn't have the best tokenomics. I mean it's not terrible. I mean, yeah, they're not fully emitted yet, but um, no, they're not fully emitted. No, can you go to Going Gecko? Just because, just because we say we like Radiant doesn't like mean ape. Like, um, <laughs> it could mean like there's, it could mean there's opportunities in the eco. Like, it could mean um, like you should, you can actually, if you, I think layers a layer zero airdrop, you could potentially get one um for like using DApps in the eco. So at the very least, yeah, things like Radiant can help you, um. Someone else asked where to buy Radiant. Hot tip, if you want to know where to buy any token, go to CoinGecko Markets and you'll see um, like the exchanges it's on. I would use something like a KyberSwap uh, here because what you'll be able to do is go like, see in the top right, it's on Phantom. You'll be able to click on Arbitrum. Um, then you'll be able to add in like Radiant, for example, or RNDT. It's not freaking coming up, but if you get the contract address, you can... Um, Paste it you in. It yeah. yeah, you can just manually substitute it and then it'll find you the best uh like trade route. Oh here it is. R D N T I was misspelling. So it'll swap through so let's say you, you have USDC on Arbitrum, you want to go to um Radiant, it'll automatically go through the the zero X pool uh to get you the best rate to save you money. So it'll like I'd use something like KyberSwap because then you're not having to like go and like Go into all these rant like Uniswap or like some other decks or solid lizard decks. Just literally go on to um uh where's Kyber? Yeah, go into Kyber, enter the token. It's audit like it's the one non one stop shop for decks trading. Also there are there are show sponsors, so link in the description to um yeah. link in the description to uh KyberSwap if you want to use it. Just before we get back to you for someone said uh ChatGPT video was fire when part two. So in that video, I said part two this weekend. I am still releasing the part two. I'm just delaying it a few days because it's taken some time to get the strategy together. I don't just want to like rush it out and give you guys a half-assed like video. So I've been just working on it, refining the strategy. I'll, I'll record it probably tomorrow or the day after for like maybe a midweek release. So sorry, it's delayed, but um, I think, yeah, it's worth the wait. If you haven't watched that video, go watch it. So yeah. All right. Back to you, yeah. sir. I think someone was speaking about the tokenomics of uh, Radiant. I was checking CoinGecko and actually look at their supply, uh, their max supply and the current circulating supply. I think that's quite an interesting view. Do you have CoinGecko over there? Can you check it out? Radiant, Mike. Look at, look at that. Yep. Look at the circulating supply versus the max supply. So what is it? One fifth? It's out? Yeah, uh, a quarter. Yeah. yeah. You can see the dilution here. So we're like, um, we're here. 
we're on month four. We're on month five. So you've you've got like a decent curve for the next eight months, and then it like yeah. then it's then it, I mean, yeah, but the market's not stupid. The market, everyone, there's like a big misconception about unlocks that like dilution means the token goes down. And although that is the case, especially in a bear market, it doesn't always necessarily happen because the market prices in FDV as well. As, so if, if as, and if even if you're a short-term trader, like FDV doesn't matter. Longer term, it's like a slightly more of a headwind, but yep. yeah, it depends on your time horizon, but oftentimes it is priced in. Agree, agree. So yeah, so Radiant was one of the, projects that I thought was just interesting to check out. There's two more projects that I'm following very closely. One of them is the Vela Exchange. I think you've already spoken about it, Miles, in this show, right? Ooh, Vela. Vela, Vela, Vela. <laughs> Velas keeps coming up. Um, do you like, Vela. do you like yeah. Velas? <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it in, uh, in singular, not plural, Miles. Vela. There you go. Yeah. I love it. They they have a really cool a new functionality that I am actually investing in. So if you open the the app, um, actually let me open it because you will need to actually log in. I think to use it. So maybe yep. I can. Okay. So there's a lot of wash trading because everyone wants this airdrop. I freaking wanted to buy this at two dollars and I didn't buy. And I even called it and I didn't buy. Disgusting. Now I'm going to have to sign. No, I don't need to sign. Okay, cool. So over here, stake. So I really like this, man. I really like the fact that, you know, they, they had this uh, VLP token, um, which you actually minted using USDC. The price of the token is paired to USDC. So basically you're providing liquidity. And again, we go to the same concept of GMX, of Lira Finance that I covered it here in the, in the show, I guess, a couple of weeks ago. All of these projects, they need liquidity. And therefore, you as a DeFi user, you can provide liquidity to the project um, without the need of buying their own token. You, If you don't think that the token Vela is going to be successful in the long term, or if you don't think that Lira is going to be successful in the long term or whatever, right? Or you think that they are already... Because the reality is, Miles, all of these tokens in the past one month, they really have spiked on price. Like their price are, in some cases, all-time high. So I can see a lot of people that maybe are a little bit worried on, on buying the native tokens of all of these Arbitrum projects. But what I, t- what I tell to them and what I am doing myself in some cases is I am providing liquidity in USDC, stable coins, and then I'm earning quite decent yield over here. Look, they're paying you 76% uh, APR on your USDC and 72% of them, they are paying them to you back on VLP. Right, so it's basically auto compounding automatically, and then only four percent comes in their escrow version of the Vela token, which has a vesting time. So yes, it is going to take time for that to to liberate, and then you can sell it. But seventy two percent is this real um, yield directly that you're generating on your investment. So I have so invested my two k. Yeah, you don't need to buy the token itself. You can just Correct. put in. Um... Yeah. So I think it's a cool option. Again, I'm just showing it, guys. Again, this is no shilling. I haven't been paid by Vela. Just one of my personal investments. I have a lot of stable coins because my my part of my strategy is to hold and keep a lot of liquidity in case the market goes down again, which I think there is a chance because if you look at uh, the economy overall, 
and macroeconomy overall, I think it's very turbulent right now. So it could have an impact on, on Bitcoin price. And if Bitcoin goes down, we know all of these tokens might go down. So I'm trying to stay very li liquid on stable coins. And while I stay liquid, I invested in this type of pools. So I just wanted to show that to the, to the people. I don't know what you think, Miles, about this type of strategy. I like, yeah, I like it because it's you, then you're not like if you don't want to be too exposed to the token. It's like owning GLP. Um, exactly. What, what are the underlying base assets of VLP? And there's an edge so, coming to. Yeah, to. let's let's go over here. So in this case, I think it's pure liquidity. So I don't think it's an index in the same. Let's check it out. Uh, more where I want to open the docs. There you go. Someone said, um. Vela 90% not unlocked Yak, what's up with these plays? Like it's such a misconception in crypto, bro. The 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 FDV thing. Like people are so I think scarred from the last bull run that everyone's like so worried about FDV. The thing is like FDV doesn't freaking matter if it's a short term trade. If you're holding this thing for five years, then obviously like it matters. But like I don't care if it's ninety nine percent unlocked. If it's if it's a short term trade, um like a couple a two month hold then like who gives a shit like it doesn't matter fdv doesn't matter like it really in the short term it doesn't matter it only really matters long like super long term and even then if you look at their white paper like the vesting isn't um look at look at the schedule here like it vests until 2027 so it's not like it's some stupidly crazy like spiky uh like cliff emissions it's it's like pretty damn gradual so it's not like you, you could probably trade this for a year and not have to like worry too much. So like, I think it's a huge. I think FDV is one of the most misunderstood topics in crypto, and also a lot of it gets a lot of it gets priced in. That's not me shilling Vela. That's just genuinely having a gripe with some of the um, like perceptions of how FDV works. And like, Absolutely. yeah, it, not everything is a five year hold, guys. Like this could be like a three month perp dex rotation play. Absolutely, like, and again. There is the element of the airdrop, right, Miles? A lot of people is trying to qualify for the airdrop. You can make gains on the airdrop. And we've said it already. You don't need to invest in Velas. You can use Velas just to exchange. You're going to generate trading volume. You can invest in their VLP token. I just checked it over here. So if I can Yeah, share... the, the airdrop. The, I actually, I did a thread on the airdrop like a while ago. And I called Vela. Oh, I got rid of it. Oh, well. <laughs> That's Andy Kaufman with the glasses. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, I, I called this on, on Jan 30th, the airdrop. And um, if you guys started participating on the open beta, when I talked about it, you're probably going to get an airdrop, but they're going to a value volume. So I think if you're not in the airdrop already, you've missed it, but that's why you got to yeah. find me on Twitter. <laughs> why not yeah well the option i was presenting before it was uh the vlp token so it's not even holding the vela token there's people here that are saying vlps uh, vela is already two thousand or twenty one thousand percent up i'm not saying to buy that token at all actually vlp you were asking before miles uh it's basically yeah. usdc right so you're going to be providing liquidity in usdc and you can retrieve it in usdc so you have exposure to USDC. It's not like uh, GLP where you have exposure to multiple tokens. So you invest USDC and then you're going to be... So it's, like it's, it's basically like, or at least similar. 
about um similar to the like GNS Die Vault, Ex- except instead of die, it's 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 um USTC. Correct, correct. And here they call out the risks, right? So you have the smart contract risk, obviously. Although they say Vela is fully audited, obviously, if traders make profit, that profit is paid with VLP pool. So same concept as DMX. The more the traders win, obviously, the funds on the pool are going to go down. Um, and then there is the risk of USDC DPEG, which we already all we all know. But that's basically it. So to me, I have liquidity. I have stable coins. I'm earning a 76% APR, which is really cool. And obviously, I am not putting all my eggs in the same basket. I'm not investing all my stable coins in this one, right? I have my stable coins spread and diversified across multiple uh, blockchains and multiple projects and so on. So that's something super important. If you do DeFi miles, you know it. Diversify your risk. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice. Absolutely. Um, So, yeah. No, that was cool. I, cool. I, I think post airdrop, we're going to see a, a pullback. Like I, I've got this feeling, not Velas, freaking hell. Oh, Velas. <laughs> um, DXP. I, I feel like we're going to get a pullback post airdrop. So I'm not personally, and you got to make your own decisions, guys. But personally, I'm not, I'm not buying much of this and, until uh, post airdrop. I wouldn't just buy to it. see how things settle. I wouldn't buy either now. Not at all. But um, but I think the yield is pretty good on USDC. I think that's an I think that's a a very valid strategy. Um, yeah, I think it's valid for sure. I think it's an interesting play. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's pretty much it. Look, I had synthetics. I wanted to speak about synthetics in optimism because those guys are doing also things. It's incredible what they are doing. Um, I have this. I have this. I had a thread. I wanted to talk about it. They're doing. Oh, I literally is exactly the same one I had open, man. It's exactly the same one. <laughs> this was alpha. This was part of the alpha I wanted to share with you guys today. Um, I assure you, I had it open. <laughs> it looks crazy. Groundbreaking development for on-chain perps. Next level benefits, including deep liquidity, low fees, 23 fully on-chain perps market. Um, it, 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 it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy what's what's going on in the SNX ecosystem. It's one of the coolest protocols. But... But look at this chart. Whew. Since it's breakout of like the top of the range, it's up seventeen uh, percent. So for me, like synthetics, I would feel much more comfortable buying closer to this, like, uh, yeah, like yeah. the bottom of the of the trend, this yellow trend, somewhere in this That's zone here. I mean, you I can maybe you you can maybe buy on the retest of the top of the range, which is like in here. But um, if if it gets there, hoping for like a bit, for, hoping for a bounce, or like if you're super lucky, you'll get the retest of the, of the second box, which is like gonna be like down in this trend and then going up again, some sort of extension. So I don't know. Let's see what happens. But um, those are like my two zones. I think as long as it holds structure, if it starts to break down, uh, like beyond this this yellow zone, then yeah, probably got to start considering the. And yeah, some sort you, of and I think like, I think the next I I had opened myself a, a buy a position around the four dollar. Can you zoom in? I think it's around the four twenty where you have all that volume. So immediately buy, below. Sell. Not That's four twenty. You mean two twenty? Oh, two twenty. Sorry, yeah, two twenty. Yeah. 
yeah, around that area where you have all that volume. There you go. That one. Yeah. Mm, like that range. Yeah. How much is it? Yeah, 220, right? Uh, two, 230, yeah. Yeah, 230. So if we break, I think that's probably the target. Um, yeah, so you're saying, you're saying you, let's say like things get bad. We, if we break down, then you can look at buying somewhere in this range as well as a third range. range. So right. I, I think that's probably like three DCA zones then. You've got top of the range, um, di- like the diagonal support, and then you've got the lower range as well. So I'd, I'd probably draw it in like this. And obviously do your own research. Like don't just ape on my levels, but this is probably <laughs> what I'm... <laughs> this is... you got to say it, man. People will just ape out there. But this is um probably like what I'd look at. Probably like yeah. that would average out around a 260 buy. If you're, if you're bullish on SNX, do your research if you're bullish. But this is for the ones that are, this is the TA. Um, yeah. And I think... SNX. Let's just make, let's see what exchange it's on. Um, to see where it is. Obviously for KuCoin, Kraken should be on Bybit and BitGet as well. Yep. Binance, BitGet. Yeah. So if you want to trade leverage, um, or spot, like whatever you want to do, but obviously, like in terms of like a more efficient, um a more efficient like perps trading. You can do it on BitGet for an $8,000 signup bonus. Bybit, you'll get a $30,000 signup bonus. So those are the central exchanges or obviously OKX uh, with the $10,000 mystery box promotion if you sign up to deposit $50. So those are the three centralized exchanges. Links in the descriptions for those three and, and all their bonuses. Or if you're like a DEX trader and you just want to like trade spot or something, obviously on KyberSwap, uh, you're going to be able to, to swap into SNX there. That's just for the guys that like do want to trade it. You, you've definitely got some options there. Absolutely. Um, look, I'm going to drop in the next seven minutes uh, and I let you speak about the whole alpha on synthetics. What yeah. I like very much about this project, and I guess it's part of what you're going to be talking about, is the how it is expanding, right? The fact that it's collaborating with so many different projects across uh, Optimism. So if you guys don't know, you basically stake the SNX token and then you can mint their stablecoin SUSD in exchange, right? And you can use that SUSD, that stablecoin, and you can deposit it in multiple um, projects, in, in multiple dApps in order to generate even a yield. So I found one that is very interesting in Lira Finance, actually. So you can hold synthetics SNX you invest it, or you, sorry, you stake it in um, in synthetics. You borrow SUSD and be very careful with the amount that you Bro, borrow. you're reading because... my mind. I had Lyra as a talking point today as well. <laughs> and we didn't prepare these guys, promise. We didn't prepare. All our alphas the same. Freaking hell. Interesting. Yeah, we spoke about Lyra like two weeks ago, very high level, right? It's an options market. Um, I like and it's been performing like very it. well. And what I like is the fact that you can see now synthetics working together with Lira, giving you functionality to the SUSD, the stablecoin of synthetics, right? And then you can use it to provide liquidity to Lira and you can earn like 10 or 11%. So it's pretty cool. Someone said it's pre-staged. I promise it's not. It's not. It's, it's not. <laughs> We're just synced. Um, someone said it's an echo chamber. Not even because we don't even talk. 
like we're friends, but we we don't really talk that much about like what altcoins were look like. We haven't discussed them in weeks, so like it's pure yeah. coincidence, I'd say. Um, anyway, I'm gonna leave you guys. I gotta leave today. Got stuff to to do, but I really appreciate again hosting me. I really really appreciate. Yeah, go follow Mr. DeFi in the link in the description to his Twitter, and then you can get his YouTube through his Twitter. He's also yeah. does Spanish. Don't say a sentence in Spanish for the Spanish guys. Yeah, it's Mr. DeFi en Español. You can find it in YouTube. I post videos about DeFi strategies. Thank you very much, guys. There's He's someone the saying of the Spanish in... community. Well, no, I was going to say, can, much... you... Can, Sorry? You... can you speak Spanish? I was going to say, can you speak some to the audience now? Yeah. Give them a I taste. Will. I mean, I appreciate that comment. I think that's a lot to say, being the miles of the Spanish community, because miles is huge and I'm, I'm still also learning. But thank you very much for the, for the love. Puedo hablar un poco de español. Uh, saludos a la familia Banter. <laughs> and I know, you, I know you understand, Miles, because you speak Italian, so it sounds similar, huh? Mm, yeah, a little bit. Un po. <laughs> cool, guys. Thank Man, you very much. Thanks for hosting me, yeah? Gracias, mille. Gracias. Cheers, guys. Ci vediamo. Bye. Bye. I'm speaking Italian. He's speaking Spanish. Um, yeah, I don't know how to speak Italian. Uh, I mean, sorry, I don't know how to speak Spanish. I know how to speak some Italian. But um, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, Spanish people in the audience or Spanish speakers in the audience as well. Uh, so if you are, then he, he's, he's, I think, got the best DeFi channel in Spain. Um, app for sure. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, go check out his stuff. But he also posts some English stuff on the Twitter. So I do have a lot more to talk about, probably for the next 30 minutes, I'd say. A few more coins I'm looking at, a few more old coin setups. And then I want to get into just some general talk based on some of the Twitter suggestions that I have. And by the way, it's still pouring rain outside. Absolutely pouring. I love rain, though. I, I'm a huge fan of just like, I don't know, a, a rainy night, like a nice, relaxing, rainy night. It's, not, it's just very like comforting and relaxing. I um, actually love rain. I really love rain. So uh, side topic, though. Um. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's 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 the best sleeping to the sound of rain. I actually like when I used to study, like uh, what was it, ages ago now, like six years for my or five years ago for my um year twelve, like which is like grad year high school. I used to study to like uh rain thunder, like rainforest noises, because I found like listening to rain noises helped me like focus, because I used to get super distracted by like traffic or like people talking so i used to just put on my headphones and i couldn't study the music because music unless it's instrumental the lyrics are too distracting so then you just couldn't think uh so like i i like got into this habit of listening to just rain noises to like concentrate and it's a habit that i still sometimes like uh utilize if i really need to get some work done i'll just chuck on some like thunderstorm noises and uh we're good to go some deep DeFi research it's also raining in perth i want to go to perth soon actually um, I want to get out of Melbourne soon. I'm like, I kind of just want to go on. Um, I mean, obviously I'm doing a lot of travel this year. I've got the US, I've got, uh, probably like Dubai and I've got, I'm going in Europe in June. So to be honest, I only have a few months until I'm all over the place. So I don't know why I'm desperate to leave again, but I, I, I don't know. I kind of want to do a week somewhere soon. I guess I'm in crypto, right? I can stream anywhere. So I can, um, I don't need to be here. So that's the benefit of, of being full-time crypto. You can kind of work anywhere. So let me know where I should visit. I mean, I am in Australia, so I don't know. I don't want to go too far, uh, but I, I don't know. I was thinking of going somewhere um, just briefly. 
Like, I really want to do Japan, considering that. Uh, or maybe I do something more like re- more like relaxing. Like, I could do Bali again, or um, I don't know, even like New Zealand, like Cook Islands would be cool. Japan, I should go to Japan. I really want to go to Tokyo again. I went when I was 15, so I haven't been there in seven years. But it was so like oh i just it was like my favorite trip at the time i have some amazing photos from that trip uh that was obviously pre-covid uh tokyo kyoto i'd love to go back japan's probably my second favorite cuisine after italian as well so yeah or i could just visit australia because i'm in australia i've got wa i've got northern territory i've got a lot of amazing stuff right on my doorstep japan cheap flights Bali's a thousand dollars economy, Japan's three k economy, and business Bali's like five k, no three k, and Japan's like eight k. Um, when Dubai? Uh, I think June Dubai. Although it's freaking hot then, so we'll see. But like, I probably want to be in Dubai more, more end of the year, like or October, November. Um, someone said Medellin. I was actually considering. Uh, going not to Colombia, but to Mexico at some point this year. Cause I'm going to the US. I've always wanted to go to Mexico. So I think I might go to like, um, yeah, Tulum, Cancun. Uh, yeah. I really want to go to Mexico and yeah, I might do, someone said Paris, Paris blockchain week is soon. And to be honest, I was invited and I even have tickets, but it's, uh, in two weeks. And I don't know if I can be fucked going to Paris. I, I, I know that's, I know that's like such a, um, I don't know. Like it's, it's like such a first world problem because we're so lucky in, in the crypto industry that we can go to like these events for free and all sorts of stuff. Like it's honestly amazing. Most people would de- be desperate to go to Paris, but considering I'm in Melbourne, I'm literally on the op- opposite side of the world. So for me to go to Paris is such a headache. It's like 25 hours of travel back and forth. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I want to do it twice in the year because I'm, do, I'm, I'm going to Paris in June. So do I, or like Europe in June. So do I really want to do it in March and then America and then Europe again? Or should I just like save myself a trip? I don't know. But the coolest thing about being full-time crypto, the coolest, coolest, coolest thing. And the reason I would urge any of you, if you can try and make this a career somehow, and if you know, you want some advice, I might be able to help, but if you want some idea, um, if, sorry, if, if you want a career where you can travel, crypto is amazing. Like it's, it's the best because you can trade at a beach, you know, on a tropical island. You can make videos. As long as you have internet, you can make videos. Um, you can tweet. If you're working for a comp, a crypto company, you can moderate or, uh, like write reports or do whatever you want from anywhere because it's online. So that's the coolest thing about crypto, the travel aspect. So if you, if, if you're like, Considering becoming full-time and you love travel, I think you'll love crypto. Uh, but yeah, for me, it's maybe a little more tricky because I have like, uh, you know, like constraints. I need like a nice setup. I need tech. I need internet. So like if you're in a Greek island, internet isn't always great. Um, it's a real shame that 30 people just left and didn't want to hear about my travel plans because they all just missed out on the upcoming alpha. So the thing is with the show, these Sunday streams is, uh, the second you leave, you don't know, you don't know when Alpha's going to hit. I've got a lot of stuff still planned to share with you guys today. So, um, those guys might just have to watch, watch it later. I think they they made, they made a mistake. Uh, Sadiq. So, yeah. 
but yeah, it's chill. I, I really, really enjoy these streams. But yeah, we got... We, all right, let's crack on with some stuff because impatient people are leaving. And I just saw the views shoot back up. They, uh, they're all coming back. Look at that. Um, okay, so a few things. So we covered the solidly stuff. Vela, we covered that. All right, let's talk about Phantom. Phantom. Um, because the first... Johnny, appreciate the support, bro. Appreciate it. Uh, okay, Phantom is pretty important to talk about right now because it is doing what I like to call the McDonald's pattern. Uh, and, and, and let me just give you a bit of a preview. It's, it's the McDonald's pattern. It's a McDonald's M. So that's basically all on Phantom. Um, next, uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So basically like it does genuinely look like the Macca's pattern, but there is reprieve that reprieve will come of a break of this diagonal. So super important for bulls. And this is, as I said, the other show, this is my long condition for phantom. We break above this horizontal and this diagonal. And I am longing phantom on the 30, 30, 30. That's how I like splitting up my trades. 30% break, 30% retest. 30 cent confirmation. Uh, I will long phantom on the breakout here because I think it's going to take us up to 50 cents again. That will be a 17% move. That's fucking massive, especially if you use a bit of leverage. If we get a little bit DGEM with like a 5 or 10x leverage, I mean, we're going to kill it off that trade if that actually plays out. Um, that is the breakout trade. Now, it may not happen. We may just keep getting rejected. And then if we do, and we, you know, and we get rejected again, and then we lose this support, then yeah, obviously 34 cents, well, 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 well on the cards. And then probably the logical zone for Phantom to come in that scenario if it breaks down, um, while still, you know, maintaining some form of structure would be to come back down to this previous zone. You see this zone here, which was that original bull flag. I think this zone, this 30 to 34 cent zone, that'll be strong support. That's like a nice little, uh, Macca's pattern uh, completion for Phantom uh, to the bearish side. But it doesn't all need to be doom and gloom. I actually think this is a decent buy zone, uh, especially if we break through. So, and obviously, you know, all that relies on earlier TA that I did on Bitcoin and ETH. So if you want to hear more about my Bitcoin plan, my ETH plan, go back to the start of the show after this show finishes and you, you'll hear my thoughts on what Bitcoin and ETH need to do. Because I nothing's changed since then. I mean, it's, it's, they're basically freaking stable coins at the moment. But for Phantom, we want this break now. Joe uh, or the Irishman did an interesting tweet. He said, "Systems telling me to ladder into longs here for a bounce. Phantom has had action around it recently, but if this level is lost, it's bad. Nice setup though. Tight stop with clear invalidation. Flip short fast on losses, a loss of level. So what he's saying is, he's identifying this level, and I'll draw it in as a key level. Phantom needs to hold on to." Um, he's going to like long in this zone, hopefully get that bounce, get that breakout. You can wait for the breakout. You can start laddering in now. If you're a spot trader, if you're a leverage trader, it's riskier now, but like this is a level you can uh, average in at. And then obviously set your stop like 35 cents to, to 37 cents. If we break, um, you know, then, you know, you got to get stopped out there. So he likes it as a long zone. I don't mind it. It's but like right now is only really like a spot long zone or like a low leverage long zone for like you leverage degen traders that want to take that 7 to 10x leverage trade you're going to need to be pragmatic and wait for like a 30 30 30 approach on the breakout 30% break 30% retest 30% confirmation um on the yeah on the break of the diagonal so that's what i look at obviously that's going to send us into this uh region of the 200 ma on the 4 hourly chart 
that is going to act as resistance. It's probably where I'll take profits. And then obviously if we flip that again, you can look to re-enter along. But uh, obviously that zone's going to be, you know, a pretty significant resistance point. That is what the chart kind of looks like. Yeah, spot long. This is not a bad zone, not a horrible zone. You've also got a secondary zone. Uh, so, you know, if, you, if you're if you a spot longer and you want to save for like a, I don't know, uh, like an even lower level, you think things are going to get bad, you, you don't like the Bitcoin chart, then you've got this other clear level at 30 cents as well. So there, there, there are two zones for you. Obviously, we're going to start to see this uh, probably 200 MA on the daily, like one of my favorite indicators. That'll start to like come up here as well, act as some more support if that zone ends up coming into play. So that is my phantom zone. I really think the breakout's huge, but yeah, the, like potentially this is a spot level to long if you are set your stop loss. Now, if phantom does break, I think the eco will perform. Uh, and it's, I'm, I'm still not in the eco. I've been talking about it for weeks, but I still haven't bought because I've just been like waiting, seeing what this market does. And to be honest, my complacency slash patience or a mixture of both has been like a blessing because I haven't really entered many levels I want to enter, which is good because I have cash and the market's dropped. So to be honest, it worked out being complacent. But if we do get some breakouts, I don't plan on, on being complacent again. Um, I, I see some very clear old coins that could, be strong performers. One of them is uh, Liquid Driver. This is something that hasn't done much for a while, but they're, they're, they're working on some cool stuff. So they've got, obviously they expanded to BNB. They're going cross-chain, but they're going towards uh, net zero emissions. So the token's not going to be emitting anymore. It's going to basically become a deflationary token soon. And they also have like, um, they're stacking governance on solidly forks like Thana on BSC and other DEXs as well. So they're not just Phantom anymore. So that's cool. You, you obviously get the Phantom like exposure. If Phantom runs, obviously Liquid Driver and other ecosystem tokens are, are a beneficiary, but you've also got some uh, spill-on effects from the other chains they're deploying on as well. So it's just become a little more interesting now, the ecosystem, and I recommend reading up on some of their latest Medium articles. It's cool. But, but Liquid Driver is one on my list. If we get this uh, Phantom break, that's one I'll be stacking. I wouldn't even mind putting a bit in now, just like, but just going slowly with the DCAs, you know, where you need Bitcoin to hold above this yellow zone, this, this, this trend. If we can maintain structure, I'm happy to just DCA a little bit. Um, obviously I'll have my final DCAs around like 21.5 at the, at the bottom of this zone. And then, you know, we start to like reconsider below that. Uh, but yeah, those are like my DCA zone. So liquid drive is one I'm looking at. Um, and, I, you know, I'm still reasonably heavy cash. I'm not going crazy. This is, like, mostly short-term trades. These aren't, like, two-year buys right now. Maybe, like, you know, a few-month time horizon max. Uh, but, you know, that's what I'm looking at. I'm also looking at MPX off the back of, uh, you know, the Phantom Breakout as well. MPX is launching their decks on March 6th. So it's actually the 6th today. So tomorrow, US time, that's when they're going to be launching. They, I mean, MPX has already done 20 mil of trading volume over the past month on uh, Equalizer. But once they launch, I think it's going to be cool. We're going to see some volume start to kick up. Uh, let's wait for the launch. I mean, I've always kind of wanted to wait for the launch till I bought. But um, like the token just doesn't really come down. I mean, it was 120. It's now 105. So we got a slight pullback. But market's bullish on this token. Market's very, very bullish on this token. So uh, this is what I'm looking at. 52 mil fully diluted, much, much less. I think it's like 15 to 20 mil di diluted. I remember Liquid Driver last run made good cash when it released. Bro, I was printing like a motherfucker. I was making during January $1,000 minimum a day of Liquid Driver rewards. Like, 
imagine waking up every day to a to a fresh thousand dollars like and this and this went on for like two months i reckon of like thousand dollars thousand dollars thousand dollars thousand dollars every week they're making like 7k like a month 30k like it's just like it was free money that wasn't even like principal holdings that was just emissions and it was phantom ecosystem shit so like look i did cash some into stables but honestly not enough one of my major lessons there was I, I got too cute with the rotations and I was like, oh, I'm making so much. I'll just rotate or rotate or rotate. I'll compound. I'll compound, you know? And then I just never really like cashed out the full, like I could have walked away with six figures worth of liquid driver, uh, but I like end up relocking a lot of it. And, you know, I, like, I, I obviously made money, but nowhere near as much as I should have. So I learned a lot from those days, but those days were fucking crazy. Those were, oh, the glory days of DeFi. I can't believe it. Like I thought I'd never, ever, 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 have to do anything again. I thought I'd be retired in a, uh, I mean, in, in a mega freaking mansion with a mega yacht and uh, just living off my passive liquid driver income. Someone said, should I start DCing into Phantom now? Um, I mean, this completely depends on your situation. Obviously, I can't give financial advice. So you got to do you. What am I personally doing? Uh, which is my suited to my needs. I already have like a decent position. So long-term, I'm not like accumulating here. Short-term, going to wait for this breakout. Might ladder in after this show, like maybe a little bit on the longs in this zone with like a tight stop under, probably like 37 cents stop. That's probably what I'll look at. But then, you know, keeping 70, 70% plus for the, for the break if I'm trying to long. So I guess like, I don't know. You got to make your own decision, bro. Uh, borrow my mansion. I mean, look, I'm not, um, you got a mansion, Trevor. Nice. Um, to be fair, I'm not doing badly. So I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm chilling to be honest with you, but, um, yeah, it could have been even more chill. That's for sure. Could have been, could have been, uh, could have been proper. Yeah. I, I don't know who gives a shit. It's, it's, it, it wasn't. So we move on, but those days were crazy. Those days were nuts. Those, those are uh, D gen liquid driver days. Any plays? Um, yeah. MPX and liquid driver. Those are my two phantom plays on the breakout. I think those are the two strongest for now. And on the back of Liquid Driver, I like Thana. We talked about it before. Fer and I um, talked about it, but I think Thana is a great, um, a great project as well. So I would definitely look into, um, yeah, the Thana ecosystem because yeah, I just think it's, I just think it, it ties in with Liquid Driver. So there's, I'll show you. Where is the tweet? They are basically deployed and accumulating VE V and in Thana. So I like it. I like it. I like both. So I like all three of those as like plays. But yeah, you need to, you need to buy in confluence with Bitcoin and ETH. You don't just buy for the sake of it. You got to like have a, a plan corresponding with the Bitcoin charts. And, and as I told you, I think. Although we can push up now, we're going to approach resistance here. And what Bitcoin does will be a big decider in in how I, how I play this. So I think, you know, if we flip this uh, yellow zone, break to the upside, that's going to be amazing for alts. Then I like basically ape. But, um, you know, we can also ha- get sucked into this uh, kind of area and then reject off the 200 MA, this horizontal, and then come back down and test. Then I would probably make some final buys before... I would I would definitely head short or, or or cut my longs on a break of the diagonal. So, yeah, you you can long now and like try and like play this little scalp trade, but 
maybe if you want confirmation, maybe you'll need to pay higher prices, but at least buy on the uh on the you know continuation of like a new bullish trend rather than trying to like pinpoint a reversal now because it's hard now it's hard there's no volume so what i'm waiting for as i said earlier in the show and i give you more expansive thoughts earlier in the show on bitcoin ta is did i say thena 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 i mean i don't care to be honest um bitcoin is like a stable coin so i want i want to see some volume kick in like look at this bullshit volume look at this huge just decline in volume like look just absolute decline in volume. It's basically just doing nothing. So I need to see like an uptick in volume for me. And hopefully that corresponds with like a break here for me to uh, get interested or even sell volume, to be honest. I just want to feel something. If it's sell volume, then obviously that means, you know, we break this this diagonal and then we can uh, look at some nice shorts on on the break here. And then, you know, retest short, bang. That'll take us down to 21.5, alts down 10%, 10x leverage. That's double your money type, uh, type plays there. And then maybe we, you know, look, look for the bounce. So there are going to be opportunities either way, but yeah, we just need some volume to make decisions until there's volume hard to trade crazily. So that's leverage, of course, spot, uh, spot you can kind of DCA and go slower. It's kind of what I'm doing. Look at some undervalued alts, things I like, narratives. So we talked about solidly. Um, forks, I like them right now. I like, you know, some of the liquid driver. Uh, I like, yeah, M- MPX. Vela's interesting post airdrop, not yet. Uh, Th- Thena, Thena, whatever you want to say. Thoughts on Velo? Yeah, look a bit earlier in the in the show. I like it. I just think something like a Saturn, which is launching at a twenty mil, m- might be wrong. Velo might be more attractive than uh, Velodrome at like a two hundred mil. So I'll. Let's just look at what else I got. Oh, synthetics as well. Uh, that's my synthetics chart. Those are my three like accumulation zones. Um, there's a lot of other like threads and info, but I'm just not that interested by it right now. I think what we should rather do is go through my Twitter post and look at the coins the Twitter guys wanted to see me review. So let's do that. And also drop your comment, drop any questions you have in the comments now, and we'll, we'll, we'll do a bit of a Q&A to wrap this up for the last 20 minutes. Uh, so yeah, just let me know. Lido, I, I gave you the charts earlier. A lot of this stuff that you guys are asking, I did touch on earlier. I know not all of you were here since the beginning, understandably, because we've been live for two hours. But if you, you know, just go back afterwards and have a look. But uh, I'll just show you Lido, TLDR. We're in this channel Looks pretty bullish, but I do prefer Frax. Uh, as a buy right now, Frax looks better in this zone. Um, hopefully does end up flipping and breaking this diagonal and then hopefully pushes back up to the top of that range. So Frax is one I'm looking at. Uh, and yeah. Remember, if you want to trade anything, there's links in the description to um, OKX for a $10,000 mystery box. If you deposit $50. Also, we've got Bybit with a $30,000 signup bonus. BitGet with 8000 as well. So that's for obviously centralized exchanges. And if you're a DEX trader, then you can trade on KyberSwap to get uh, the, the best rates on, on a DEX. But if you are doing any trading, I don't care if it's DEX, I don't care if it's centralized, you need a VPN. Like, get a VPN. I'm sorry for the VPN shill. I know people like say, Ma, stop shilling VPNs. But like, I know not everyone has one. And until everyone has one, I'll keep shilling it because like it's $3 a month to protect 
your identity from hackers, keep yourself secure online. It's like pretty much a no-brainer uh, to, to use a VPN. Pretty much a no-brainer. So link in the description to, to a VPN as well. And yeah, you get a special deal. If you sign up through the link, you get a 60% discount, 59% technically, and you also get uh, a month free. And if you don't like it, there's a 30-day back money guarantee. So if you hate it for some reason, you think it's shit, for 30 days, you'll get all your money back, no harm done. So like risk-free, basically. Um, freaking risk-free. So yeah, link in the description to Nord. If you're going to do any trading, make sure you're, you're, you're well-equipped. So questions in the comments, and I'll go through my Twitter now as well. Let's do it. So where did I put this tweet? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'll get it again. So let's put this at the end. Oh, it's okay to be here. All right. So I'll just go through quickly. Check out Kujira. Uh, I'm a fan of Kujira. I like Kuji. I just want to look at how its price is performing. Kuji, Kuji, Kuji. I love the Cosmos Eco. Probably more, like long-term, probably more interested in Osmo, Injective, and I think Mars Astroport were interesting. Jose, I, I don't own any, but they look interesting. Will, I don't know, don't know if you're, you're still in the house, but you commented GLQ. Uh, I'll give you a very quick review. All of these will be fairly quick, not going to be like super comprehensive. Graph Link protocol. First thing I work out when I research a new protocol is always what is the use case? Like what, what actual need does this fulfill? And that always helps me work out how like, how to like just even begin pricing it. Extremely low cap. Are you sure it's this? You said it's check dot. Are you sure it's this? I don't think it's this. Check dot. Will, let me know in the comments. Um, CDT. Or do you want me to look at both? Ah, both. Okay. Okay, so. Graphlink Q. Uh, let's check out the app. Okay, let's just put, put in my MetaMask. Wrong network. Wants me to be on ETH. Don't know what's going on there. Let's, let's read a little bit more about it, though. Automated management solution. Deploy automation without needing to code. It won't let me connect to my wallet, which is annoying. It just says initializing, so I don't know what's going on there. So you can sell coding templates. Is that what it is? It won't let me connect to my wallet, so that's not a great sign. Create your own graph. Use a variety of pre-made blocks. Graphling.
I mean, it's almost fully diluted. I personally don't really understand the use case. I need to look into this one more. I don't really understand it. Off, I just don't like. I get. I, I've read like five lines to be fair, but I don't really get it. <laughs> I just, yeah, I'm just. It's kind of. I got to be interested in a project. I'm very like. Um, I got to have like a. I got to have passion, for the use case. I think this sounds cooler. Is this an insurance protocol? Because if it is, I've been waiting for one for a while. So. Hoppers. Okay, so you can... I mean, crypto insurance... I don't think anyone's worked that out yet, but obviously it's going to be a billion-dollar niche one day. It will be a billion-dollar niche, I think, or more. But, like, I don't know if this is the solution, you know? Like, why does they... They always want you to connect your wallet. Like, I love dApps that allow you to use them without connecting your wallet. Um... Well, if they hack me, I don't give a frick because it's a hot wallet. Always use a hot wallet when you're using new dApps. Um, okay. Wrong network. The Wants me to go on BSC. So I want to be covered for a year. For 21,000 USDT, it's going to cost me $500. What? And if KuCoin collapses, I get the money. Proof of insurance in the form of an entity will be sent to you. For all claims, please refer. I mean, it's if these guys are trustworthy, it's good. <laughs> I don't know, like, the team or anything. But it looks cool. I mean, I don't love the UI. The UI is not great. The use case is good, but this is, like, very janky. Uh, very, very janky. And obviously, clearly... New. Um, so, I don't know. In terms of the token... Ridiculously low market cap. Very low uh, FD... Like, very, like, uh, undiluted, though. Which is good. What's the use case for the token? Um. City token is the foundation of the check dot insurance protocol. It'll be used as a payment service when purchasing covers in tandem with various separate tokens. 50% will be used directly to supply the protocol with liquidity to reduce risks. Other 50% will be ejected to the liquidity pool. 1% of the claim amount. Payment service. It's like the payment token. 
Could be better utility, but it's okay. Look, it looks solid. Uh, it, it's small cap, though, so, like, it's hard to... Unless, like, I talk to the team, it's really hard to work out anything. Um, someone said deep up, update about Kojira. I really like Kojira. I think their team has been super impressive since the Lunar Collapse. They've pivoted. They've launched multiple new products. I'll show you a few of their products. Um... So we've got Orca. It's like their first product, which allows you to like liquidate assets with the click of a button on Cosmos. Then they've got an order book exchange. It's really cool. Uh, Bow, which is... What is Bow? It's new. Like some sort of AMM. Yes, yeah, so this is the their order book product. It's cool. It's cool. Pretty low leverage, but that's, that's okay. You've got... Uh, yeah. Liquidity pools. Ah, they bring volume to Finn. Cool. It's like the liquidity providing um, site. No, they're impressive. Uh, I mean, a bet on Kajira is a bet on the team, right? At the end of the day, like any project, but their team's been really impressive. Also come down quite a bit, which is good. Good FDV too. Don't hate it. Don't hate it. I've ever found a 10x investor before shilling. Uh, GNS. Literally at a dollar before it went to 11. So, yes, you idiot. Um, okay, whatever. Dumb comment after dumb comment. Phantom's dev leader went on this block. I don't know what blockchain you're talking about. FYI, okay, so Kevin from the Binance Ecosystem DeFi lead obviously watched the show or is still watching the show. So, yo, what's up? We're working on Radiance deployment on BNB. So, multi chain will be live soon. Okay, so we got a live update on the Radiance segment. So, that'll be live soon on BSC, which is cool. Stables, stable zone. What is this? Stablecoin farm. Okay, I'm blocked, so fuck them. Um, might be because I'm using a VPN. Always got to protect yourself, though. Link in the description if you want to do the same. Uh, Toko. Oko. Oko Crypto. It's not even in English, so not interested. <laughs> um, Moonwell. Uh, not so interested. Chinese coins pumping again? Yeah, Filecoin almost looks like a good short soon, to be honest. 66.3 MA and uh, the, yeah, give it a little short. <laughs> CFX. Look, this is a freaking shoddy trend line, by the way. It's not the greatest trend line I've ever drawn in my life, but um, yeah, it doesn't look like a breakout to me. CTX broke below. I mean, a lot of these just look like shorts, honestly. 
but the Cortex is like not the greatest. Let's look at like ACH. A lot of them like um kind of like starting to like tick back up. Moonwell's great. Is it? Look for Moonbeam, no? Why not just buy Moonbeam? Why why buy Moonwell over Moonbeam? Explain. And I do want to position myself in Moonbeam in Moonbeam. But Oh, this is just this website's enough to put me off. It's too confusing. <laughs> I don't know. Equilibrium games. And yeah, I'm trying my best to get to everyone, but there's a lot of coins coming through. So it's hard to keep up. So I apologize. You might just need to keep spamming me until I get to something. All right. Hustlepedia. What do you think of this one? They've got a few games. What are they? Game Studio? Crypto used to... Yep. XRP Game Studio. I fucking... Nah, I'm not... You know what? You know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to use... My... Thoughts on XRP to shun a project. Not going to do it. But it's built on XRP. Ugh. Why is it built on XRP? Why? You could have picked Arbitrum or Phantom or Polygon or BSCB. You picked XRP. By the way, I had pizza tonight. I think there's a sp- there's a piece in the fridge. I'm getting starving again. So I'm excited for that. <laughs> um... Coffee's starting to wear off, guys. I'm getting slow. It's like 2 a.m. I'm getting really freaking slow. can't even think properly. Uh, another coffee now would not be good either. I don't know. XRP thing turned me off, and I don't have the patience. Um, <laughs> let's keep going. Ali. Ali's cool, but it's more of a trade because it's just pumped so much, like all the AI coins. Let's see how AI is doing. No McDonald's? Not, not. I had McDonald's last night. I, I, I don't know why I keep doing this to myself. To be fair, I was at the casino, so. You know? Only option. Yeah, I mean, this looks like a short soon, if anything. But, like, let's just look at some of the other ones, though. Fett. They've all bounced nicely. Ooh, Fett looks like a decent long. Alright, if it just pulls back a little bit, and this is all short-term trade, it's not like freaking aping, but, you know, little li- little bit of a pullback, get this crossover from the MA and the horizontal, then I think that's a good long to take it up uh, 12%. So that's something I'd look at, you know, set your stop below, low leverage, think, think you're chilling on that. Um, it's all, like, you might lose some of these trades, it's all risk-reward, like, that's the thing with trading. It's all just EV, right? Mr. DeFi from Spain and C. McDonald's is trash. I agree. The food's terrible. Apart from the nuggets, the nuggets are good. SNX ecosystem popping. I really like Lyra and I like SNX a lot. Um, 
I showed the SNX chart earlier. It's here. These are my levels. How's Lyra doing? I freaking li really like Lyra. It's option false. Yeah, whatever. McDonald's fries, yeah, they they're good. You've said it like. To be fair, I did say spam, so I can't. I can't um get angry at you for spamming. AI pad. AI pad. AI pad. AI pad. AI pad. AI pad. Oh my god, this freaking dilution's nuts. Frick, you wouldn't want to hold that any longer than a week. <laughs> but, um, let me give you a. Open AI. So they've just integrated ChatGPT. Why should I buy your project? AI pad token will be listed on PancakeSwap, Uniswap, and other sectors yet to be announced. When is launch? APAD is already launched on the 1st of March. What does AIPAD do? This is great. I don't even need to research. I just can ask. AIPAD will change the way you invest forever. Oh, this is totally not biased. We want to see your excitement and creativity on full display. What does the protocol actually do? Protocol actually does nothing. It is a name for a set of rules for how chat works. Do you think the protocol actually does nothing is very encouraging? Dedicated to make AI accessible. No, I'm not joining your stupid Discord. I want to look at your medium. Oh, you've got a TikTok, but not a medium. Great. Great marketing. Really, you know, got their priorities straight, this lot. Um, <laughs> the future's here. I hate that saying. They've like taken every cliche in, in, in the history of the world and written it. Guys, stop. Oh, if I ever made a project, I wouldn't just make it wishy-wash. Statements like ChatGPT industry insiders believe that. Like, just come on, get to the point. AI launchpad, nah, it's shit. Sorry, bro, it's shit. It sucks. X2Y2, I think Ran has thoughts on that. I don't really have intense thoughts on it. I think he owns some Ran, so he must like it. I hate launchpads in general. Every time I've ever invested in a launchpad, it's been shit. Just invest in the token that you want. If you like airdrops, go buy like the ecosystem token, like Cosmos. Uh, Palm. Yeah, I don't really have thoughts on X2Y2. I don't have thoughts on everything. Like, you know, red flag. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, I'm going to be always honest on this show. Ooh. Yeah, Ram likes X2Y2. I just don't have an opinion. Someone said, 
Thoughts on Flex? Thoughts on Flex? I like it. I wish it didn't bump though, because I didn't get to buy. But I'm 100% buying Flex. If you don't know what Flex is, it's basically like the coin for Kyle Davies and Zhushu's new exchange. Low-key like it, to be honest with you. I really like it. Uh, Ocean breaking out. Please don't lie to me. Please. Is it actually breaking? Actually, actually breaking. Yeah, it just flipped, um... Ugh, nah, it's a shitty trend. Um, this is a better trend. It just flipped, uh... Horizontal level. So... What you want to see is a successful retest to the upside. Probably going to take us up to the EMA, 7%. And then, yeah, big decision to make there. But, yeah, a lot of these uh, AI tokens are starting to run a bit. I still think I still think AI has legs. It's so news-based. PYR, love it. One of my top five long-term gaming projects. I have long-term spot that I'm holding that we basically nailed the entries in this zone. I mean, yeah, I don't need to collect too much clout for this anymore, but, like, that was literally a perfect... Like, that green line we drew before the whole thing happened. But it is coming back down again, actually. So I wouldn't start buying again until here. $3, 2 to 3 2 to 3 is my long-term DCA zone. This zone here is my long-term DCA zone. Uh, and a lot of coins just aren't in my long-term DCA zones. They might be my trading zones, but I'm not long-term DCAing into like a, a heap of shit, especially not like gaming coins. So yeah, the fact it's losing momentum, it's bearish, looks bearish. If it retests, probably bearish. It looks shit, chart looks shit, but project's great. So fuck the chart, long-term, I like it, I hold. I think it's good. One of the best gaming projects, good team. Me likey. Your thoughts on land? Land share. Someone said V-Chain, 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 V-Chain. Land share. It's only 600k, so you guys are getting real DGEN, but we love it. We're DGENs here. We love it. Uh, Land share allows you to view your token holdings, trade on DEXs and more. Was it like some sort of like wallet aggregator thing? Wait, what? Why is the description so different to their website? It's like really badly described. Invest in tokenized real estate. I mean, oh, 
tokenized real estate's just I'm yet to see this work. I'm happy to be proven wrong, but I'm yet to see it work. There's one project called Prop Chain, which I spoke to. I think they're the closest to making it work, but I don't think that that project you just sent me is going to work because I just know this space. It's very, it's a very regulatory, um, regulatory nightmare. Someone check, check Miles, check Rosie on before I go to sleep. By the way, nice, nice uh, avatar. I like your picture. It's cool. I like it. Rosie on finance. Okay. Quick description. Oh no, this is just this is just I was wrong. I was wrong. It's just meta it's just coin gecko switch switch the order of the things. Explanations used to be last. Uh okay. Coin gecko needs to have better explanations. Land looks lame. Yeah, absolutely looks shit ass. Rose <laughs> Rosie on exchange. There's a lot of DEXs I like. So the question is why why this over others? That's the question. A lot of DEXs I like. This is a phone app. This is terrible. This is fucking awful. I hope the app's better than the... I think it's a phone app. I I, I think it, they've put the phone app on the computer. A gamified derivatives exchange. Is it Audible or Oracle? It looks Oracle. No? It's Oracle-based, no? It's Oracle-based, no? Has to be. So why the fuck would I use that over gains or GMX? Just use gains. Much better UI. I mean, slightly higher fees, but also there's lots of good order books coming out. DYDX, like you. The, the thing is, like you don't need to be, you don't need to invest in some of this stuff. You can, you've got great options. By the way. BTC on the one-minute chart just broke out. That's <laughs> a one-minute chart, though. Um, you've got great options, right? Like for DEXs. DYDX, good order book. Apex, great order book. Got amazing AMMs. We talked about a few today. Some of the soldy stuff happening's cool. Curve's cool. I mean, and then you've got amazing um, Oracle-based stuff, too. SBF flip phone has better tech. Akomi? Yeah, if you guys are banter, love a love to Comey, like in the research group. I haven't heard much about it in, in a while. Uh, for some reason, I've forgotten what it does. It's like NFTs, right? Digital collectibles and... Com- they have like big partnerships, no? With like big uh, like entertainment companies and stuff. Oofed. I like the chart, purely from like an accumulation perspective. If you believe in this long term, this is definitely a DCA zone. Um, bit of dilution though, probably maybe wait a bit longer, but like it's not a bad DCA zone if you believe in it. Now I can't tell you whether I believe in it now, but
No, I have heard good things. Let's just see. have a coca-cola partnership general motors yeah i'm pretty sure i have a lot of partnership partnerships Disney partnership. That's VV though. What is VV? Digital collectibles. I'm guessing it's built on... How does a Comey interact with VV? So Comey makes it? Yeah, I need to look into the tokenomics, but I like them. Thoughts on Phantom long term? Uh, watch the interview I did with Michael Kong. I, I, I think there's high hopes. Andre is back with a vengeance. That's, a, that, that's pretty bullish. Um, yeah, I think it's a cool niche chain, man. Might not eat Ethereum's lunch yet, but I mean, whatever. But nice niche, nice chain, good tech. So I like it. Um, I think that's me for now. It's almost three hours in. It's late. I've got to... Uh, do a couple things before I go to bed and then I would love to sleep. What's my exit strategy? Something like a PYR, not until next cycle. Um, looks like I had some bruise there, but looks okay. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, P- like I have exit strategies with my short term stuff, but something like a PYR, I won't exit until, yeah, like next cycle basically. If it's a long-term hold. But yeah, short-term holds, obviously, I treat differently. I think that's me. I really appreciate everyone hanging out, though. We had a great stream, shared lots of alpha. I'm alpha out. I'm um, I'm tired. But I, uh, yeah, I appreciate thoughts on ST. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of, I'm still getting projects. I'm sorry if I don't get to them. I'll, I'll try and answer them next week. I, I got to quite a lot. Um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Remember, there's links in the description to... All the stuff we talked about, OKX, if you want the mystery box. We've also got, um, yeah, KyberSwap, Bybit, BitGet, and also NordVPN, as well as Saturn's Discord. Remember to join that for the airdrop. And that is kind of, that's it, I think. So, yeah, I'm going to head, what would you say? Kennel, Dogpad. I don't, I, I don't like launch pads. I'll look at Kennel. It's, this is the last thing I'm looking at. It's the last thing I'm looking at, though. Kennel Sphere or Kennel? Cannot be this. I don't know. Is it this? I'm not even interested, to be honest, with all this rubbish. I'm sorry. Kennel Locker? Like, it's just ludicrous.
Not not rubbish. It's like a dog crate. Keeps your token safe. It's a sort of dog token. It's a safety protocol. Let me just connect my wallet again. I'm freaking glad this is a hot wallet because I've connected to about 10 freaking dApps already. And I just... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It won't let me connect to my wallet. It keeps saying, what network's it on? Ethereum. Look at the white paper. I don't know, bro. If I look at one more white paper tonight, I think I'm going to like cry. But yeah, okay. Girly. Okay. Okay, I'll pay token secure trust with my support for Shibarian products. Shibasov will be token. Hundred million, five percent burn tax. I don't know. I need to look at this when I'm like more um coherent. But I I don't know. I don't really have an opinion. It doesn't look great. It doesn't look I mean kinda looks bad, but it doesn't look great. I don't know. Check the chart. Bro, you're asking a lot of me. I'm tired. Let a man sleep. Kennel. Chart is crazy, is it? It looks standard. Looks like it pumped and then had a pullback. Well... If you're a real, 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 real D-Gen and you want to pump Marxist's bags, then go ahead, long, long this breakout. But I, I certainly won't be. Tell you that much. But, uh, chart doesn't look crazy. Chart looks shit, but look, maybe there's an uptick about to happen. I mean, I don't doubt there pro- probably will be. But yeah, that's just pure TA. All right. I'm going to love you guys and leave you guys. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, I will see you maybe soon. I don't know. I might have another video coming tonight. Actually, let me check my phone, see if that's the case. Not sure. Maybe not. At least tomorrow. At, at the very least tomorrow. Alright. I will see you in the next one. Have a lovely day. Until then. Peace out.